Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Good afternoon, Auburn. Welcome into Sports Call here today on this Tuesday. We're coming to you live from our studio here on South College Street. My name is JJ Jackson, and what a fun show we've got planned for you today. It's absolutely loaded, wire to wire, with tons of things to get into. We've got birthdays in sports. We've got Player of the Week, a nightly TV guide brought to you by Coca-Cola. Do you like guests? Well, we've got plenty of them today. Jake Crane, Andy Bertram, Justin Ferguson, all set to join us here on Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. Set to join me inside the studio for the duration of today's program, I've got Mr. Javon Cutler and Mr. Brant Daughtry. So many things that we want to discuss on our show today. want to let you know that coming up at about 4.30 on our sister station, Kate, 99.9 FM, we've got Borgard High School softball action. Our first softball game of the season with Tim Sin, Bill May, and Brooks Childress on hand. It's going to be outstanding, so listen to that on 99.9 Kate. Auburn baseball a little bit later today against Alabama State. They take on the Hornets. You can listen to that game starting at 545 with Brad Law and Paul Ellen on the call on FM Talk 93.9. So tons to discuss on the show today as it is the month of March. March is here. Happy March 1st. Fat Tuesday, tomorrow's Ash Wednesday. I mean, things are happening. We're busy this time of year. Guys, how are you? Doing good, JJ. Doing good. And yeah, like you mentioned, March, which means it's time for March Madness. I mean, that's every something that everybody looks forward to in terms of, okay, let's fill out these brackets. Let's knock out these conference tournaments. Let's knock out this NCAA tournament, both on the men's and women's side. So it should be fun times from that aspect. But also, yeah, we're in the midst of Pretty much anything you could think of in terms of sports besides football, basketball is winding down, but pretty much anything you could think of in terms of sports, it feels like it's happening around the country in terms of you've still got, of course, baseball starting up right now, softball, gymnastics. I mean, lots of stuff going on here at the station in terms of broadcaster concerns or in the getting toward the heart of, okay, we're going to have a billion things to broadcast on our Tiger Communications family of networks, so definitely a busy time around here, but hey, we've made it to March. Weather should be warming up soon, so we should be getting past the dead of winter, Um, so lots of positive stuff happening here in the month of March, and like you mentioned, have a bunch of guests on today. I can't remember the last time I've been on a show where we've had three guests, Um, so we're definitely be jam-packed for um, the duration of the show, but should be a really fun show for sure. Busy indeed. Brent Daughtry, how are you? I'm doing great, man. Uh, like we've said, it's March. It is March, and uh, it's. I'm excited for the, the tournaments that are going to be coming up in basketball, and like you all touched on, we've got a million things going on uh, in the world of sports, and that's always a really exciting time. And uh, just looking forward to getting that started. Uh, I guess I haven't talked about the basketball game yet, so I'm sure we'll get into that. My, me and Javon have not been on the show since the Florida game, and uh, Tennessee ba- game, yeah. Tennessee game, excuse me. 
I always get those. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why. I don't know why those two like occupy the same space in my head. But Tennessee and Florida. I don't know. Why. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, we've got the uh, the MLB news that is uh, currently, great. currently happening. We're, I'm sure that that will continue to be a talking point throughout the show. And like Javon touched on, we've got three people coming on the show today. And, and it's a very, very loaded show. We've already got some callers coming in, and I'm excited to get underway here. Tons of content to get into and discuss on our program. 334-887-3401 or toll-free at one 9 tiger 9 as all of our sports call callers and guests join us on the Auburn Bank phone line. Auburn Bank has been your hometown bank for over 110 years. Visit them online at auburnbank.com for more information. Your partner, your neighbor, your friend, member FDIC, equal housing lender, 334-887-3401 or toll-free 888 Nine Tiger Nine. To the phone lines we go for the first time during today's show. As we go there, who has called in? Zeus will tell us. Ward Damn Steve. Retired Ward Damn Steve has called into today's program. Hi, Steve. Good afternoon, and thank you so much for letting me be the first caller today. You're due up first. We're very busy, Steve, so we got to get after it. Well, today is Happy Fat Tuesday. Yes, sir. And uh, since I was uh, raised in Mobile, Mobile is, is, of course, the birthplace of the original Mardi Gras. Indeed it is. Yes. All right. Gentlemen, if you haven't read this, then get some tissue box ready to read the article from OA News. Have you read it? It was raining the day that she was found. Yep. Yeah, I have seen that. Uh, Justin Lee writing about um, an Auburn gymnast whose name escapes me right now. uh, Sophia Groth. Yes. Yeah. A very, very well done article. Heartbreaking story. And uh, Justin Lee puts it together perfectly. Now, I mean, it's well written, but I mean, to know what this young lady uh, went through and how she picked Auburn uh, was uh, interesting. It's, it's a great read. I know uh, my time is limited, so just I recommend you you reading this OA News article uh, by Justin Lee. It's well written, and what this young lady went through. By the way, she went. She has spinal cord injury, guys. I did not know that about her. Yeah, I didn't know that either. But uh, yes, and she impressive uh, for sure. It. All right, moving on, guys. How about Wardam shout out to Mr. Walker Kessler? He is a semifinalist of ten people left for the Naismith Defensive Player of the Year award. Well deserving, and uh, yeah, he's going to have a, a really strong case to win that award. So absolutely, War Eagle to Walker Kessler for his efforts this season, and it's great to see him being recognized in the awards department. Let's hope he keeps it up, especially uh, for the upcoming uh, games and tournament and. The four finalists will be announced apparently on March the 6th. And on April 3rd, the actual award winner will be right, named. Right, So uh, Five days I'll away from the four finalists being named. Now, what about uh, Mr. Javari Smith? Uh, has he made a semifinalist list for, for anything? Not to Not my knowledge, no. no. No, okay, all right. Well, the fir- first overall pick, which is... Okay, right, but I'm talking about awards, college awards. Still a couple up for grabs for Jabari, but other awards haven't started to make decisions as to where they're going in that direction. All right, keep it on. How about a, a shout-out and a war dam to Mr. Senior First Baseman, Sonny? Is it Deshara? Sonny Deshara, yeah. He's having a Deshara. great start to his Auburn career. After... Baseball National Player of the Week. Yes, he was insane. One of only 15 players to earn that distinction uh, this week. Right. Yeah, I listened to, uh, to, to, the, uh, to the game. And uh, he's he's outstanding. All right, uh, moving on, guys. Uh, about the game tomorrow night. All I can say is, I hope to gosh, our guys, you know, are seeing that what they've got to correct. And our coaches uh, have obviously looked at 
what they've got to contend with. I've already read uh, Coach Pearl's, you know, uh, commentaries about uh, who Kessler's going to be up against and uh, uh, what uh, their, I guess uh, their, their plan is. And, uh, yeah, I know what the stats are. We don't have a winning record there. But throw out all the windows. I mean, you know, this is probably the most important game of the season. Do you agree or disagree? I wouldn't. I'd say it's the most important one you have left because you should dominate South Carolina at home, hopefully. But you never know. I, I agree. Auburn, Auburn needs to win this. Look, it, the scenario is if you win out, you win the SEC. You have you have the outright SEC championship. So you just win these next two games. And so right now, whatever game is next is the most important one. Well, because through all they've been through and all the, the fantastic wins that they've had, you know, I, I, I mean, to me it would be an excruciating disappointment to see them not be the sole winner of the SEC. Uh, I mean, that, that's my perspective. Maybe I'm, I'm so passionate, but I, I don't want to see them share it with anybody else. And if I don't want to see them share it, I can't imagine that the players uh, would want it any less. Oh, I, I promise you, they don't want to share it either. All right. Um, finally, moving on, guys. I love your uh, little uh, for President's uh, uh, trivia quiz yesterday. Yes, Mr. Martin Van Buren, right? Yeah, exactly. First president born in the U.S. Where in New York State? Okay, New York State. Uh, we did not. Uh, I did not know that detail. Yeah, I forgot. It was a little hole the wall name place I'm not familiar with that he was born in. Uh, but he was also known for something else. He was the originator of the first political party named the Democratic Party. Okay. Which was interesting uh, to, to, to know that. All right. And then I did not know this guy was even still alive, but Mr. STP himself, 82 years old, Mr. Who? Mario Andretti. Yes, getting getting up there in age. I was surprised at how old he was. Yeah, now, do you know why I said Mr. STP? No idea. I have no idea. Yeah. Okay, I got to educate you guys. Because he did commercials uh, during and after his retirement uh, for STP Motor Oil. Was supposed to be some kind of additive, and that's what he became known on because uh, he he was a spokesperson for STP Motor Oil, Mr. Mario Andretti. So, if you didn't know it, then now you know it. All right, I'm uh, looking very much forward to Mr. Andy Burcham uh, hearing uh, his comments today. Uh, who else is going to be there? Justin Ferguson. Yep, and Jake Crane. And Jake Crane. All right. So I hope you guys have some really hot uh, button questions to, to to throw at them, uh, and don't don't. No, no, no soft punches, okay, guys? Right. We'll be ready to, to bring it to them for sure. All right. With that said, guys, I am out of here. Thank you for your time, as always. I look forward to the comments uh, from the uh, people that you're going to have all the guests on later. And have a safe afternoon and evening. And until then, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Ward Eagle, guys. War Eagle. We appreciate the phone call. That's our buddy retired Ward M. Steve joining us on our Auburn Bank phone line. All right, let's take our first commercial break of today's show. When we come back, more of your phone calls and birthdays and sports right after this. Looking for another way to listen to our show? Be sure to download the Tiger Communications app and listen to Sports Call wherever you go. We're done paying the bills.
Now back to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. We move forward with Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. We've got Jake Crane coming up in just a little bit. He's got a brand new show to tell you about. The J-Boy Show has evolved, and we get the latest coming up in about 10 minutes or so. Before we do that, though, as we do each and every day, I think it's the appropriate time for us to celebrate some birthdays in sports. It's time for today's Birthdays in Sports. Indeed, Birthdays in Sports here today, March 1st, 2022. Tyreek Hill is celebrating his birthday as he's turning 28, a wide receiver for the Kansas City Chiefs. Nicknamed Cheetah, Super Bowl 54 champ, three-time first-team All-Pro, six-time Pro Bowler, played college football at Oklahoma State. Happy birthday to Cheetah, Tyreek Hill. It's a bad man. It's a bad, bad man. Amen. I imagine trying to cover that guy. Nightmare. I don't know how you do it. Listen, Nightmare. I, I think once you get to the NFL, corner becomes the hardest position because of guys like Tyreek right. Hill. You, you don't know where he's going, and he's faster than you anyway. Right. It's unfair. It is unfair playing corner at a high level. All right. Happy birthday. Jamar Chase is turning 22 years old, a wide receiver for the Cincinnati Bengals, a 2021 NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year, second team All-Pro. He was a pro bowler. He was the 2019 recipient of the Fred Belintikoff Award, played football at LSU, was a national champion for the LSU Tigers, fifth overall pick of the 2021 NFL Draft. Another really talented wide receiver. Happy birthday, Jamar Chase. He's a guy that... Absolutely exploded this year. I mean, people were making a big deal about the preseason. He had a lot of drops in the preseason. Everybody was like, okay, is this guy going to be a successful NFL receiver in his rookie year? And he shut up, all the, shut up all the doubters, I should say. And he's a guy that really exploded and became one of the best receivers, not only of his rookie class, but one of the best receivers in the NFL. Happy birthday, Chris Webber, who's turning 49 years old, the former NBA power forward who played from 1993 until 2008 with the Golden State Warriors, Washington Wizards, Sacramento Kings, and Detroit Pistons, five-time NBA All-Star, 1994 NBA Rookie of the Year, the first overall pick of the 1993 NBA Draft, a part of the Fab Five at Michigan, starring alongside Jalen Rose and Jawan Howard, and a 2021 at Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame inductee. Happy birthday to C-Web. Chris Webber turns 49. Yeah, Chris Webber, a guy that, honestly, I don't remember much about in the NBA because I was way too young, but he's a guy that... I went back and watched the Fab Five documentary that ESPN aired a couple years ago, and it's really fascinating to see how those guys got together. And, of course, Chris Rebro had that infamous timeout, ghost timeout, and took a lot of heat for that. But also a guy that you've heard on TNT as well from time to time doing broadcasting. All right, Michael Conforto is turning 29. He's a free agent outfielder who recently played for the New York Mets, a 2017 All-Star, 2020 All-MLB second team, played college baseball at Oregon State, and was drafted 10th overall in the 2014 MLB draft. His mom, Tracy, is a three-time Olympic medalist in synchronized swimming, and his father, Mike, played inside linebacker at Penn State, currently a career 255 batting average, along with 132 home runs. Athletic family for Michael Conforto, who turns 29. Yeah, I uh, hope he gets to play this year. Yeah, needs to yeah. Uh, find a team first and foremost, and then, yeah, hey, we hope that there's I a believe, Major League Baseball season to be played. Yeah, I believe it was Barrett Sally who tweeted a couple of minutes ago, congratulations 
to the Atlanta Braves, who will forever be World Series champions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're never going to get baseball again, it seems. All right, yeah. uh, Wander Franco, another MLB superstar at a very young age to give him that distinction turning 21 years old and infielder for the Tampa Bay Rays his nickname is El Patron he signed an 11 year 182 million dollar contract extension with the Rays becoming the youngest player in baseball history to sign a contract worth at least 100 million dollars at age 20 and he's not going to see a a, a penny of it (laughs) yeah (laughs) gotta play baseball his brothers and father both play baseball and his mother Nancy is the sister of Eric Ibar, longtime MLB journeyman. So happy birthday to Wander Franco. If we ever do get a season of baseball, there's so much young talent. That's what makes it kind of yeah. frustrating too yeah. because, of course, you got Wander Franco, you've got Acuna Jr., you've got Juan Soto, you've got Tatis Jr., you've got Vlad Jr. It's just so many great awesome stuff. young players. Yeah. But if Are we, we have, have no season? baseball season, then yeah. you can't see them. Yeah. We shall see. March 1st, 2022. I got to give a birthday shout out to Justin Bieber as well. Pop <laughs> icon, my favorite guy. You don't have and, to. And uh, yeah, he's he's celebrating his birthday today. So happy birthday to the Biebs. How old is the Biebs? I think he's 27, 28, I want to say. Man. Yeah. Maybe maybe 29. Um, now I need to, I'm put on the spot. <laughs> now how yeah, old is he at this point? Uh, but yeah, no, 28. 28, 28 okay. years old for Justin Bieber today. Wow. Pretty awesome. All right, so Tyree Kill, Jamar Chase, Chris Weber, Michael Conforto, and Wander Franco are the gentlemen celebrating their birthdays today in the wide world of sports. Happy birthday. And if it's your birthday here today on March 1st, we want to wish you a very happy birthday as well. 334-887-3401 as we get set to chat with our buddy Jake Crane in just a little bit. We'll take one more phone call. Before we do that, as we go to our Auburn Bank phone line, and joining us now on the program, we've got our guy... James from Montgomery. James has called into today's show. Hi, James. Hello, and War Eagle. War Eagle, sir. Well, the first thing is that I'm going to get off the table. Do you think Auburn is actually going to win this game this coming up weekend against uh, South Carolina? They should be able to, um, James. South Carolina is not a really good team, and Auburn, I think Auburn is going to rediscover hunger because they are now outside the top four. They're trying to climb back into that top four position. Also, they want to win the SEC as well. So I think for Auburn, they're going to have a lot of motivation, especially playing your last home game. So I think Auburn's going to come out with a lot of intensity, a lot of motivation, and I think they're going to defeat the Gamecocks. Yeah, because I think with South Carolina, I don't see – uh, South Carolina winning a couple of their games on their on their schedule as well because I've actually have uh, Tennessee actually I have Tennessee uh, beating South Carolina and that would be like their first loss before they come to Auburn before they play Auburn so that would be their first loss off their schedule and then I have another team actually beating South Carolina that would be Mississippi State actually beating South Carolina. Or, no, I'll take that back. Alabama will be beating uh, South Carolina, so there will be two losses on their schedule before they play against uh, against Auburn uh, this coming up weekend. Yeah, it could definitely happen. I mean, South Carolina, like I mentioned, they're a team that has not been that good this season, but you never know what could happen in the SEC. Of course, it feels like it's a gauntlet uh, regardless of who you play. So South Carolina right now, um, they're still trying to fight for, I'd say, NIT hopes. So – We'll see what happens, but what else do you have on your mind today, James? Well, 
Well, I've been hearing a lot about Aaron Rodgers. I know he's not going to be uh, playing with the Green Bay Packers, so who do you think is going to actually step up for the Green Bay Packers without Aaron Rodgers being their uh, good guy for the the Green Bay Packers? And where do you think Aaron Rodgers would actually be playing in the near future when the uh, 2022 season actually kicks off? In a couple of months from now, where do you see Aaron Rodgers playing with a new a new NFL team, and what team will that? Um, what team will the uh, Aaron Rodgers uh, outlook would look for Aaron Rodgers as well for a new team that's going to look for him during this off season? Uh, well, personally, James, I think he's still going to be with the Packers because he's still uh, under contract. Uh, the Packers GM said that they're not getting trade offers on Aaron Rodgers either. So I think Rodgers is going to stay a Packer. But if somehow he did get moved, of course, a popular team that people have talked about feels like for the past year or so is the Denver Broncos because they're a team that has a lot of young talent, both offensively and defensively. And all they need, it feels like, is a quarterback to solidify them in terms of becoming a legit Super Bowl contender. So the um, Broncos have been somebody that people have talked about. The Colts have, there's been some murmurs about the Colts because the Colts aren't satisfied with Carson Wentz. They're also a team that's really talented on both sides of the ball. They just need a steady quarterback. So I think those would be the top two teams. Um, But personally, I think Rodgers is just going to stay with the Packers. Yes. Now with the NFL uh, scouting combine coming up, this coming up Thursday, who do you see actually being a really good contender during the uh, first week of the uh, scouting combine for 2022 for the NFL? Uh, for the scouting combine, um, I know some guys have already said they're not going to participate, like a Derek Stingley from LSU and Matt Corral is still rehabbing an injury, the quarterback for Ole Miss. Uh, so as far as standouts, I mean, of course, people want to see guys that are going to be projected number one. There's been talks of Kayvon Thibodeau from Oregon being perhaps number one guy. There's been offensive linemen been, that have been talked about, Evan Neal um, from Alabama. There's been lots of discussion around that. So I can't really pinpoint one specific guy that's going to have a monster combine but I think it'd be interesting to see how the Auburn guys do with the combine specifically of course Roger McCurry is a guy that has been talked about being a mid to late first round draft pick so I guess from an Auburn standpoint I'd love to see how Roger McCreary does in the um, combine. Now if I do see uh, Roger McCreary in this year's scouting combine I'll probably see him go like first or second round draft pick to the Los, An- to the Las Vegas Raiders or to the Super Bowl champ, uh, the Los the Los Angeles Rams as well, just to give them a good uh, another Super Bowl contender as well. Yeah. yeah, that's high praise for McCreary to think that, that he be. could add to their secondary and to help them be Super Bowl contenders. They've got a good one in Jalen Ramsey out there, and uh, yeah, we'll have to wait and see where he goes. A couple of final yeah. thoughts from you, James, before we got to get to our next break. So, what else do you have? Well, I actually have some really good news. This coming up, August August fourth would actually be a new uh, Hall of Fame enshrinement ceremony game between the Las Vegas Raiders and the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I'm pretty sure that uh, the the Las Vegas Raiders are actually going to win this one as well. And that would be a really good thing to see uh, the Las Vegas Raiders to actually win a great team, a great game in uh, Canton, Ohio. And I, and I wish uh, the Las Vegas Raiders a really good luck on that as well but you know with with uh their former head coach at the time john madden i know he's going to be very happy shining down brightly on those guys and seeing what 
he's really going to look like what he's really going to look like you know while those guys are playing on a good uh, historic field in Canton, Ohio as well. Yeah, it's always an event that people love to watch and look forward to, so we'll see what happens when the Raiders take on the Jaguars. <clears throat> Yeah, so I'm going to probably let y'all guys go. I know y'all have some uh, great guests coming up in a few minutes, so I'll have to talk to y'all on Wednesday as well. All right, give us a call then, okay? All right, and War Eagle. War Eagle, our buddy James from Montgomery joining us there on the Auburn Bank phone line. We do have great guests coming up next on the other side of this break. Jake Crane joins the program. You don't want to miss that conversation. He joins us right after this on Sports Call. Want to know how easy it is to listen to our show? All you have to do with your Amazon smart device is say, Alexa, play Sports Call Auburn. I'm Jeff Whitaker, Jr., former Auburn Tigers defensive tackle and national champion, and you are listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Welcome back into the program. You're listening to Sports Call on WTGZ Tiger 95.9 FM. My name is JJ Jackson. Thrilled to have Frank Daughtry and Javon Cutler in the studio with me today. Making our show rock and roll. Sports Call can be heard on Amazon Alexa devices. All you have to say, hey Alexa, play Sports Call Auburn. And you're listening to Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. We need to go to our Auburn Bank phone line and bring on a very good friend of the program. Some exciting news to break down as Jake Crane joins us on the program today. Hello Jake, how are you friend? JJ, what's up, man? Uh, always fun to come on. I hope you guys are doing well. And, uh, yeah, a lot of stuff going on. <laughs> yeah, you've got a lot of different life changes that are currently taking place. You know him very well for being on this program. He's sat in this very studio. We've caught up with him at Media Days. And, I mean, he's just one of our favorites. Jake Crane joins us on the show right now. Uh, formerly the host of The J-Boy Show. And the social media handles have changed. We don't want that to throw anyone off. It's still our good friend Jake Crane. He's just got a really new exciting show that he wants to tell us about. So, uh, all right, you're making the big move. The Daily Wire signed their newest free agent as we head into March. Give us the scoop, Jake. Yeah, well, you know, we, we talk about the transfer portal enough, so we might as well jump <laughs> in. Uh, no, you know, uh, very exciting. Uh, ben Shapiro and the group up here reached out to us uh, a couple months ago. You know, I kept hitting at a big announcement that was coming. Uh, you know how it is with contracts and stuff like that. So, uh, very honored to, to be up here in Nashville and to join them. And, you know, it's funny, we're working to a, with a company that, you know, is involved in a lot of politics, but we're still not talking politics. You know, to quote Ben, they, they got enough guys up there talking politics. They wanted to sign a sports show that, you know, just talk all ball. And uh, we're, we're very excited, as I said, talking a little bit of everything. Uh, still talking Auburn as well. Uh, got, got to uh, throw them in there, talk with our college basketball, March Madness stuff. And excited and uh, talking Major League Baseball, talking uh, NFL, college basketball, college baseball, and college football. So we didn't forget what our fastball is, but, you know, whenever you get a chance to grow, uh, we jumped at the opportunity. So uh, we're very excited. And it's a lot of we, which I absolutely love to hear, Jake. I mean, that was always my big message is I was like, look, J-Boy Show is amazing. Jake Crane is amazing. That's who we talk to uh, all the time. But then as the show continued to grow, 
right? Cone gets added to the mix. Your brother gets added to the show as well. And now I want people to hear the shift. I hear Jake saying we a lot. We, not me, because now the show also doesn't just involve you. It's Crane and Company. So talk me through that decision. Yeah, you know, it's kind of like the anti-Aaron Rodgers. You know, we're, we're about the team. Um, you know, being able to, to involve my brother, it's, it's something where he, you know, he's always been very knowledgeable about sports. And David Cohn, who played quarterback at Michigan, you know, it's something just like a, a lot of the audience out there, we're, we're fans of all of it. Uh, we love sports. You know, we, we think it's something that can bring us together, not divide us apart. And being able to bring them up and, and, and do the things, you know, involving with them every day. You know, a lot of people, I guess, don't want to work with their family some, but it's been nice for, for me and my brother and Cone and, and his family. It's been really exciting, and it's fun to get a fresh perspective. You know, we, we want our show to feel like you walk into a sports bar with your buddies and, and you're talking about it, and whether it's a debate or an argument or you agree, uh, kind of diving into the nuts and bolts as well. That's why our slogan still win the water cooler. But, yeah, it's Crane and Company. Uh, it's live from 2 to 3 Central uh, every weekday. You can find us at Crane & Company on YouTube, uh, on Apple Podcasts, and Spotify at Crane & Company. We you know, shot up the charts since we launched yesterday, and it's just been a great response. And uh, you can go to dailywire.com and become a member there uh, and listen to it as well. So it's been fantastic. It's been a team effort. Uh, I, be I don't know about the guys in my studio right now. I kind of get a law office vibe when I hear Crane & Company out there. And, and knowing those guys, knowing that you've got the Booster Club, right, online contributors yeah. that are always... I like how you titled, titled the show Crane & Company. I, th- I think I'm approving this decision. Yeah, you know, it's it's something where we've added around a couple names. We almost named it the Booster Club, which if you don't know what the Booster Club is, that's our live chat, you know, whether it's on The Daily Wire, whether it's on YouTube. As we take questions the whole day, we get people involved. I mean... I always say, you know, without without them, there's no us. And we want our audience to be as interactive and involved as any out there because it's our show together, not just mine, not just Cones, not just Blaine, not just the Daily Wire, but, you know, having a sports show that involves everybody, similar to how you guys do it, uh, you know, making people involved and, and getting their voices heard. That's something that uh, we wanted to make sure that we kept in there. And, and Crane and & Company is just something that kind of came through and came up that we liked. And, and the logo is awesome. And, and the team, uh, whether it's marketing, whether it's branding, whether it's merchandise here, has been fantastic. So, yeah, it's uh, Crane & Company. Still love the J-Boy show. You know, obviously we'll always have that memory. It's kind of like a baby I created that went off to college and then got married. So, um, you know, I haven't gotten to that stage in my life yet, but it's uh, it's been fantastic, and uh, I'm looking forward to the future. All right, so let's talk ball. You said all ball, and, and, and we haven't talked a whole lot of that, so let's shift now. Jake Crane joining us here on the program. All right, so this Auburn basketball team, it's the month of March. Yeah. Today is March 1st, March Madness right around the corner. Panic time here on the Plains as the Tigers dropped a, another game on the road against Tennessee. But my message is quite simple, Jake. It's hard to win on the road in college basketball. 70% of the time, the home team wins the game. And Auburn still has the best road record in the SEC. Yeah. Are you kind of echoing the same message? Well, I never thought we'd get to the point talking Auburn basketball where, where we're up 24-3. and three. <laughs> um, You know, you, you look at the SEC between Auburn, Tennessee, Arkansas and Kentucky, you know, they're combined 64 and one at home. And college basketball isn't like college football. It's not one loss and the sky is falling. Now, where I think there is cause for concern is Auburn turned the ball a little bit too much, uh, turned the ball over a little bit too much at the guard spot. Uh, Jabari Smith has got to continue to step up and demand the ball. He's the best player on the court. Walker Kessler is going to get his, but the guards have to start playing better. Uh, and that doesn't mean going out and scoring 30, uh, you know, 30 points a game. It's not turning the ball over. It's taking good shots. 
It's getting in transition. It's doing the things that made Auburn successful, and they'll be just fine. Look, Bruce Pearl is a witch of the highest order. They'll get the guys ready to play. They've got a tough one uh, in Starkville, but they win that one. They at least clinch a, a share of the regular season championship, and if they do win it, I guarantee you they're going to beat South Carolina pretty badly at home to go ahead and get it out right. Uh, we're talking about number one seeds and number two seeds. I mean, hell, we were with Tony Barbie and that crew. We were talking about sunflower seeds. So at this point, if we're arguing over 24 and three, we're in a good spot. But they do need to keep playing better, uh, and I think they will. They'll, they'll turn it up. The playing time, the rotations, I think are going to get cut down. The thing is, and look, I, I I love you know the energy that Devin Cambridge and, and some of these other guys bring, but there are guys that are going to cost you on the court. And I think you're going to see Auburn cut down some playing time because again. They put certain rotations in there, and, you know, it's not a participation trophy thing. The best players need to play, and if you get toward the tournament, you'll start to do that. And, Jake, you hinted at one of the players a couple moments ago in Walker Kessler, who was announced as a semifinalist for the Naismith Defensive Player of the Year. And, honestly, Auburn fans didn't know what they would get out of Kessler coming into this season. So I'm just curious to get your thoughts on the impact Kessler has had for this basketball team this season. Oh, it's, it's been massive. It's like, you know, when we look about the front court, that center position, it's, whether it's rebounding, whether it's affecting shots, whether it's being able to get put back, uh, it's like having a good run game. You know, it's something you can always rely on when the other stuff's not working. And Walker Kessler has been unbelievably consistent. The thing about Walker is he, you see the shots that he blocks, and we know he's put up crazy numbers, set the single-season record at Auburn for blocks, beating uh, you know, all the guys, the litany of guys from Mamadou and Jive all the way, you know, to Kyle Davis on that list. But it's the shots that he affects. It's the three-pointers that he affects. It's guys driving in the gap and realizing you're running in to literally somebody that's blocked more people than Mark Zuckerberg, so you better get it back out on the perimeter. So Walker Kessler, who's been a, common pres- uh, a calming presence down low, has been a, a complete surprise. Not that we didn't think he was going to be a good player, but he the game so much on both ends. I think when it comes tournament time, that's a guy you can count on to clean up the boards. He's still getting better with his back to the basket. And I like the way he's able to play in transition. So Walker has been fantastic. And I think Dylan Cardwell's made a huge jump from last year to this year. You know, people forget he didn't play his senior year of high school in basketball due to a transfer rule. So he's been kind of figuring it out. He's starting to play a little bit more under control. Now, sometimes he gets a little out of control. But him being able to come in and spell Walker, whether it's for foul trouble, whether it's when Walker needs a breather, has been huge, not only for Auburn, but for Walker Kessler as well. Jake, if the NCAA tournament started today, who's your Final Four? Who would you predict to be in the Final Four? Uh, If I was just taking the top four teams, look, I don't believe in Gonzaga. Anybody whose parents still sell stuff at the concession stand at halftime and they play teams with volleyball lines on the court, I don't believe in. Last year, I think they had the best team they've ever had, Jalen Suggs. Uh, you know, you, you look at the list Butler, the guys they had last year that were unbelievable players. Uh, I don't think Nimhart in that group. I know Chet Holmes is a unicorn. I don't think they make it past the Sweet 16. I like Purdue with what they have down low. Now, their defense has to improve, but Jaden Ivey is a walking bucket. Uh, Morton, I like what he can do from the outside, the way he can kind of set the pace as well. And Gillis is a good player. So I like Purdue. Look, Kentucky to me is one of the most complete teams in the country. Chibway, we know what he is down low. I know they're coming off a loss in Bud Walton Arena, but that's happened a lot. Uh, Ty Ty Washington is a guy to keep your eye on the monitor with the injury uh, situation. Sabir Wheeler, kind of understanding who he is a little bit. He hit a couple shots not against Arkansas. I know he banked one in from three, but Kentucky, they can play slow. They can pass. They've got guys that can out-rebound. Shibway, obviously, Ware is getting better. Uh, Keon Brooks has been really good on the offensive side as well. 
question his defense a little bit. But so I feel Purdue, Kentucky. I put Arizona in there too. I know they got beat up at Colorado. That's a tough place to play, and, and they've been struggling there lately. But they've been one of the most consistent teams. They're, them and Auburn are the two deepest teams in the country to me. Uh, with what they have in the front court with Coloco and all those guys to the back court with Dalen Terry, they're really talented. And then I put Auburn at number four. I think they're going to find a way. So give me Purdue, Kentucky, Arizona, and Auburn. But watch out for Villanova. I'm just telling you, they're scary, man. When there's elite teams this year, watch out for Villanova because Jay Wright knows how to do it. they got experienced guards. Samuel Jr. plays bigger than he is down low, and, and that's the team to watch out for. Let me just bring up a couple of other big teams that uh, were not mentioned. What concerns you about Duke in that scenario, Jake? You know, Duke has been just up and down. I know it's Coach K's last hurrah, and it's a big deal there. And Duke's always going to be talented. They're a blue blood. They recruited a really high level. Mark Williams has gone up and down. But Pablo Bancaro, I mean, he's been on the back of a milk carton lately. I mean, you've got to call John Walsh at 1-800-MISSING to find this guy. <laughs> and they don't have that guy that when it comes down to it, and Blaine was talking about this on the show the other day, looks in the huddle and goes, give me the ball. I want the ball. I'm the guy. Duke really doesn't have that. And in the tournament, that can be a really big deal. So uh, I've watched Duke play really well. I mean, I watched them beat North Carolina to sleep the other night at North Carolina, but they've been up and down. You know, should have dropped the game to Wake Forest. I saw Virginia go in there and get the easiest baskets of all time in the first half. So I think Duke is a little bit more vulnerable than what people are, are, are seeing, uh, especially with the top six teams in the AP poll losing. There's been a lot of love for Duke lately. I just don't believe in them 100% yet. What do you think Saturday night's going to look like? I mean, the greatest rivalry in college basketball is final game inside Cameron Indoor Stadium. Tickets are going for uh, just crazy, crazy astronomical prices. What are you expecting there against North Carolina? Yeah, well, I'm going to be watching it from the crib for free. Uh, <laughs> I think what you're going to see, uh, it's kind of like on, on the movie Road Trip when Tom Green has the mouth and he's trying to feed it to the snake and the guy walks in and, and Tom Green looks at him he's like, it's going to be a bloodbath. <laughs> they are, North Carolina is going to get destroyed on Saturday. I don't know what the line is yet. Obviously, they haven't put those out. But they're not sending Coach K out on a whim. That place is going to be absolutely nuts. I see Duke railroaded him in Chapel Hill. They held him underwater, shoved him in the locker, whatever you, however you want to look at it. I think this next Saturday they're going to tie their underwear to the flagpole in front of the whole high school. <laughs> All right, let's uh, wrap it up. Let's talk a little ball here. Jake Crane's joining us on the program. Follow him on Twitter at Jake Crane underscore. Uh, wait, so we make the switch from at the J-Boy Show. There's another Jake Crane out there that's trying to take your handle? Uh, yeah, man. I mean, look, there, there's, there's been a bunch of people that have that have tried to do it. I mean, I, I'm not going to report anybody. That's my problem. There's like, apparently too yeah. many JJ Jacksons out there that I have to throw 800 yeah, different I, I, underscores in the handle. Than Michael Jackson. <laughs> um, now, you know, you can find our handle. It's at Jake Crane uh, underscore uh, J A K E C R A I N underscore. Uh, we're getting re-verified. When you change your handle, they take the verification off. You got to reapply. Should have that really soon. But yeah, it's also uh, at Crane and Company, or excuse me, at Crane Company. Crane and Company was taken. We obviously got a leak or something in here. Somebody needs something. Uh, but, uh, no, you can find us on social media on Instagram as well at Crane and Company. Uh, but go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, subscribe. Uh, very fortunate. We, uh, we're in the top uh, 70 right now in total podcasts in general on Apple and, and climbing up there on Spotify. Uh, and like I said, you know, we, we talk ball. It's the same show, just kind of a, a bigger area, I guess you could say. Yeah, and make sure you leave the five-star review. All right, let's end with this. I kill your wide receiver coach, Auburn. What's uh, what's your thought on this? Man, if he can coach half as good as he played, Auburn made a hell of a hire. Uh, I thought, you know, given the circumstances that, that went down with Auburn, we all know with, with, with the higher-ups and kind of how it looked with Brian Harson, I think this was a home-run hire. 
Uh, he's a guy that, that can resonate with the players. He's done it in the league. That goes a long way for, for the generation we're in nowadays with the NIL, having a guy that's got NFL experience that understands what he's looking at. I don't think Brian Harson could have made a better hire given the circumstances that have been going on. Jake, we always do appreciate the time. Let's do this again sometime soon, okay? JJ, anytime, buddy. Y'all do a heck of a job, and anytime you need me, just hit me up. We appreciate it. That's our buddy Jake Crane. He's joining us there on the Auburn Bank phone line. I love that guy. One of the best there is. Always enjoy running into him whenever we get the chance to see him. He makes the move from Atlanta, Georgia to Nashville, Tennessee. He's uh, had the great opportunity with Colin Coward in the Volume Podcast Network, and now he's getting an even as amazing opportunity with Ben Shapiro there over at the Daily Wire. So make sure you check out Crane and Company. All right, on the other side of this break, let's tell you about Sports Call's Player of the Week. That's coming up next here on Sports Call. Sports Call is on the air weekdays from 3 until 6 p.m. If you are currently driving in a four-door sedan, roll up the windows and turn up the radio. We're Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. Let's get back to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Feel free to give us a call at 334-887-3401 or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Looking to buy or refinance the home that you're living in? Not sure which loan is right for you? Just ask the folks at Hometown Lenders. Hometown Lenders' team of experts can help you no matter your situation for first-time home buyers to those about to retire. So don't fight with the loan process on your own. Contact Hometown Lenders at 256-476-0823 or online at hometownlendersontheplains.com. Come see us at 1943 South College Street. Hometown Lenders, we make home financing easy and affordable. Our thanks again to Jake Crane, the host of The J-Boy Show, for or Crane & Company, formerly the host of The J-Boy Show, now hosting Crane & Company for chatting with us there a moment ago. Guys, really enjoyed that conversation with Jake. Yeah, absolutely. Always loved having Jake on, love talking X's and O's, love talking... Uh, it just predictions, and like he said, he's expanding his horizons. He he started out as an Auburn guy, then moved to an SEC guy, and then under Colin Cowherd and the Volume Podcast Network was kind of college football as a whole, and now he's expanding even further uh, with the Daily Wire and it, seeing him dip his toes into more and more stuff, and he's he's obviously doing a great job, having a lot of success with it. He just had a really good breakdown of March Madness. Really right? did. I mean, like it, it started as football and yep. then did a really good job of talking about some of those NCAA tournament teams. And that's something that he wants to talk about on the show is, like you mentioned, Brand, as far as exp- expanding the horizons, not just SEC. It's going to be more anything that's hot in the sports world. It's going to be like, okay, MLB lockout. That's what's going on right now. College basketball. When NFL season comes around, NFL Things like that. So for him, he's had a really meteoric rise, you could say. I mean, yeah, he absolutely. Has that he had that post a couple of days ago where he had like the one little microphone set up in the laptop. Yeah, and now he's moved on to bigger and better things. So for him, it's been incredible. And he talked about having his brother on there with him alongside um, David Cohn, him, him and yeah. David Cohn. So for him, he continues to grow and grow and grow. And I know he's going to continue to crank out great content for. 
his viewers. Yeah, Crane and Company. Check it out. All right, let's do our Player of the Week to close out the hour. Sports Calls Player of the Week. Auburn gymnast Suni Lee is Sports Calls Player of the Week. The former gold medalist had a performance for the ages in the Tigers win against Kentucky, winning several events, including landing a perfect 10 on the beam, her first as a college athlete. Lee also debuted at Naviva, a move never seen at the college level. Her win all around was huge for Auburn as they won the meet by 0.8 points. Suni Lee is Sports Calls Player of the Week. It's what we love to hear. Suni Lee, our Sports Call Player of the Week. A dazzling performance this past weekend. She continues to just blow everyone away yeah. in the NCAA gymnastics world. Uh, she's one of the big reasons that Auburn is having one of their best seasons ever so far in terms of where the Tigers are ranked nationally. And uh, she's just really, really fun to watch. Yeah, number five in the country right now, and, and Suni is a big reason for it. She... Uh, like that, like that audio said, landed in Nabiva. It's a move that's never been done before in the NCAA, um, which is insane to think about. Uh, landed her first perfect 10, even though you can argue that she should have had a perfect 10 by now, but officially has one to her name now as a college athlete. And she's just an insane gymnast, and she's she's got a really good team around her and won the all-around, got a 10, had a couple of 9.8s, uh, and just, just a... a Really, really cool to watch what she's doing right now. She's the gold medalist. She's the best in the world, and she's at Auburn, and she's showing off right now. And for we somebody, love it. And for somebody that's had a lot of pressure on her, I'm sure, since a young age, coming into now a college setting, tickets going crazy. I mean, Auburn Arena being packed every single home match for them. I know Sunisa Lee's done a great job, and she's definitely lived up, lived up to the hype as far as being this world-class gymnast. So for her to continue to grow and get better and better and better, which is hard to believe, but get even better um, throughout the season, it's been really fun to watch. And who knows where this Auburn Gymnastics team could go for not only this year, but the next couple of years if she chooses to stay here um, on the plane. So Suni Lee continues to do great things and add a sports call player of the week yeah. to your belt as well. I Why mean, not? an Olympic gold medal <laughs> plus... Sports call player of the week. Brant Autry, it doesn't get better than that combination right there. No, Someone to be able to not. say, I'm a gold medalist, and I've also been named sports call player of the week. Uh, gold medalist, best in the world. Sports call player of the week. Best in the best world. Best in the world. There we go. <laughs> best in the world One twice. of the look same. At, look at Suni. She's just it. doing it out here, man. Uh, she was on Dancing with the Stars. That too, I mean, yep. she does everything. everything. Yeah. She does everything. That's amazing. Uh, and how about this as uh, we get to the end of the hour? Shout out to Luke Flurry as well, right? Yeah. Our yeah. Uh, Auburn High School junior who's working with us throughout this semester. And you just heard his voice breaking down why SUNY Lee was the player of the week. Really nice job from Luke right there to listen to. And glad a lot of people are getting some experiences to hang out with us this semester, Javon. Yeah, it's always great to get some new faces into the radio station and get to do various things around the radio station as well. And for uh, Luke Flurry and also our other intern, uh, CJ Webster, they'll be doing a lot of stuff for yeah. us here on Sports Call. So We've heard Luke on the show before already. As well, yeah, a couple weeks ago. So you'll be hearing them a lot throughout this semester, hopefully. Let's keep it up. All right, that brings the first hour of our show to a close. On the other side of this break, more of Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. Conversations with Andy Burcham and Justin Ferguson, just to name a few of the things we'll get into throughout the rest of today's show. Alongside Brant Daughtry and Javon Cutler, my name is JJ Jackson. One hour in the books, and we're rolling.
One hour of our show is in the books. We've got more to come. Stay tuned for another hour of Sports Call right after the break. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Second hour of Sports Call gets started right now on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. J.J. Jackson inside the studio with Javon Cutler and Brant Daughtry. Our podcast, if you miss any of the show, is available on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, our app. Go to our website, thetiger.fm, sportscallauburn.com. You can find amazing things if you go and check out those locations. In a couple of weeks, uh, maybe even sooner than that, we're going to be re-releasing. Re- Try that again. <laughs> we are going to be releasing... Uh, our newest version of the Sports Call Survey. We've done this in years past. We did not do it at all in 2021. So it's been a little bit, and the survey is a great opportunity for our listeners, who we very much so value, to give us feedback on what you like, what you don't like, who you hate, who you love, everything uh, around Sports Call Auburn. So it's tremendous when we get the feedback from folks out there. So be on the lookout for that. We'll make sure we advertise the snot out of it so uh, you do not miss the Sports Call Survey when it's released here in 2022. All right, Auburn basketball, as we get set to be joined by Andy Burcham, the voice of the Auburn Tigers, takes on Mississippi State tomorrow in Starkville. But they're coming off a five-point victory, or excuse me, a five-point loss to the Tennessee Volunteers, 67-62, the final score at Thompson Bowling Arena. You guys were not on yesterday's program, so i uh, got about four minutes or so, and we'll hear from you guys on uh, your takeaways from Auburn's loss to the Volunteers. I think the biggest thing that concerns me is not that you lost that game or the way you lost it. The way Auburn lost that game was getting badly out-rebounded. That is an uncharacteristic thing for this Auburn team. I don't see that happening again. The good news is that the three times Auburn has lost, they have kind of lost in different ways. Against Florida, the worst shooting team in the conference got hot, and you couldn't keep up. Against Arkansas, you had a ton of turnovers, and you weren't making your shots. You started making your shots more. You started turning the ball over less. You've corrected those mistakes. Uh, And against Tennessee, you got out-rebounded, and that's something that doesn't typically happen to you. I think the bigger issue right now is you're not getting a lot of offensive production out of your guards. And if... And that has to change, especially in away games. And obviously the games you have lost have all been away games, but this goes back to the struggle wins against uh, uh, Georgia and Missouri. So while I don't think that this is anything to panic over, I think if you're looking at something over these over these over this 3-3 three and three stretch that Auburn is on right now, the biggest issue is that you're not getting much offensive production out of your guards, and that extends to the rest of the bench. Wendell Green, obviously, is the one that everyone focuses on, and he has been a big reason for all of Auburn's bench production. But as he continues, as Auburn continues, you're going to have to get that bench started back up. That's that's one of the things that Auburn prides itself on, is being super deep, and the bench production has not been there as much over this stretch, especially in those three losses. But 
the more micro things that I could worry about, I think are more isolated. I don't think Auburn's going to get out-rebounded that badly again. I don't think that a team that bad at shooting is going to get hot, and I don't think that uh, you're going to turn the ball over nearly as much. Yeah, just to kind of echo what you said, Brant, the uh, rebounding numbers were a bit alarming for Auburn in that game against Tennessee, but also you have to give credit to the Volunteers. They played great defense. They I did. mean, it wasn't something where it's like, okay, Tennessee's just getting lucky doing this, this, this. No, they're a really good defensive team. We knew that coming into this ball game, and that environment was electric. I mean, he had 21,000 people in Thompson Bowling Arena, and it made things difficult for the Tigers. But, yeah, I mean, you got to have more production out of your guards, and people had, I'm sure – a bit of false hope, you could say, about Zeb Jasper, especially because he had that great game against Ole Miss. It's like, okay, are we going to get this Zeb Jasper the rest of the season? Because we could definitely use a guy that's going to give you about 15 points per game, something along those lines. But he struggled. Um, Katie Johnson had a decent game, um, but that was about it. Devin Cambridge just seems lost at times on offense. He's yeah. a guy that yeah. has great dunks, has a lot of athleticism, but it just feels like whenever he shoots a three-point shot, it never goes in, the, so it's frustrating about, to see Cambridge kind of work through those things. So I'd say yeah. guard play definitely is alarming for Auburn, but hopefully they'll fix that in the next two games heading into the SEC tournament. Devin Cambridge is a really interesting case because he gives you great effort and great production on defense all the time. He's turned into a really good rebounder, especially on the offensive end. And like you say, he get, he has more athleticism than anybody else on the team. If you're picking an Auburn dunk contest, your winner would be Devin Cambridge. But, man, that – to be a three and D wing, you've got to hit three sometimes. And there are times where Devin gets really, really hot and he'll hit three in a game. And there are times where he'll go a month without coming close to hitting a three. And it, sometimes he makes them, sometimes he misses badly. And I don't think he's ever going to be a consistent three point shooter. I think his role is defense, rebounding and energy. You know, I, I just don't, I don't think the three is ever going to be there, but Bruce Pearl's going to tell us guys, Hey, if you think you have the shot, take it. That's part of his philosophy. And I think it's going to, stay that way officially official from the major league baseball commissioner rob manfred mm -hmm. it will cancel the start of regular season games as they were not able to make an agreement between major league baseball and the players association so no opening day set mm -hmm. to come forward as negotiations will have to continue really tough spot for the sport to be in as we mentioned the last time baseball was played our atlanta braves won the world series for the first time in our lifetime uh, which was super exciting, but we're going to have to wait a little bit longer for the MLB season to come back. Rob Manfred is a clown. <laughs> <laughs> he sucks. There is nobody that likes him. Yeah. He's, Absolutely uh, nobody. Yeah, his, we, uh, you know, we talk about yeah. the survey going out for sports call. His approval rating is not In great. the toilet. You, right unanimous now. thumbs down. Yes, yeah. that's how uh, a lot of people would feel about Major League Baseball's Commissioner Auburn basketball again a tough loss to Tennessee but they bounce back and get the chance to play Mississippi State tomorrow in Starkville we've got baseball a little bit later today for the Auburn Tigers no MLB but you still got college baseball to watch and enjoy as the Tigers get set to take on Alabama State today they play UAB tomorrow and coming up on Sunday or excuse me not Sunday on Friday as the Tigers open up a four-game series with Rhode Island for the first time this season you will be able to hear the voice of Andy Burcham calling an Auburn baseball game. I know that he is thrilled about that. I know it was tough for him this past weekend when they moved the Sunday game to a Saturday doubleheader because Andy would have been able to call that Sunday broadcast. He's going to be thrilled to be back in the booth coming up on Friday night. All right, let's take a commercial break. On the other side of this break, Andy Burcham joins us next on Sports Call. 
All of the biggest names in the sports world want to be on Sports Call. We are very excited to be joined by ESPN's Adam Amin. Bring on a very special guest, a good friend of the program, a former host of this very show, and the current voice of the Auburn Tigers, the one and only Andy Burcham. We get the opportunity to welcome in Mr. Phil Steele into our program. Be sure to listen to our conversations with athletes, coaches, and media personalities on the Sports Call Podcast. I'm Brian Harson, head football coach of the Auburn Tigers, and you're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Welcome back into the program, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, J.J. Jackson, inside the studio today with Javon Cutler and Brant Daughtry. Thrilled to be talking to you about everything going on in the wide world of Auburn athletics and in the world of sports. Again, the big news in the sports world today, Major League Baseball has announced that it will cancel the start of the regular season, which is just such a bummer for all parties involved. All right, what's not a bummer, though, is the next guest that's set to join us here on the program today. Longtime friend, a man who formerly sat in the very seats we occupy now, and the current voice of the Auburn Tigers, Andy Burcham, kind enough to take a phone call and chat with us as he gets set to take off to Starkville for Auburn's game tomorrow against Mississippi State on the hardwood. Andy, how are you doing today? JJ, Javon Brandt, I'm doing well. Thank you. Yes, we're uh, we're excited. War Eagle. War Eagle to you as well. All right, so let's talk a little bit about this Auburn basketball team as they get set to take on Mississippi State, an opportunity for the Tigers to uh, still win the league. And uh, I know people have been a little frustrated lately with the performances on the road, but the message uh, from our perspective has been quite simple, Andy, that they're still the best team in the SEC in terms of a road record, and winning on the road in college basketball is really, really tough. Have there been any disappointing trends that you've noticed recently on the road for Auburn? Well, listen, I mean, last Saturday was an odd day period. I mean, just look at what happened to the top 10 teams or the top 10 on the road last week. Just about everybody lost, including number one Gonzaga at St. Mary's. I mean, it was an odd day, period. Um, And the road is tough. I think the road is even tougher this year in the Southeastern Conference. I think this is an outstanding year for the SEC. This is an Auburn team that has lost three games in the SEC. They've lost all three on the road. They've all come by under eight, nine points. And this is an Auburn team that did not play especially well last week against Tennessee. It did not play especially well at Florida, and yet it had a chance to win both of those games. So to me, that's, that's the silver lining. They've got to find a way, though, not to have the drought that they had in the second half this past Saturday at Tennessee. Auburn was up 11 at one point, and that 11-point lead evaporated in a hurry and the Tigers never could overcome that at that point. So that's the one trend we, we've seen that. We saw that at the start of the second half against Florida. We saw that in the second half against Tennessee. Auburn was battling the entire game against Arkansas. And listen, I mean, anytime Auburn plays basketball now, it's going to play in front of a sold-out crowd, whether it's at Auburn uh, at what will become Neville Arena, or whether it's on the road. And it will probably be the same thing tomorrow night in Starkville. Now, part of that is tomorrow night there's going to be a ton of Auburn people at Humphrey Coliseum. I know there's two buses of the tip-off club that are going. There are two buses from the jungle that are going. And there's a lot of Auburn fans out there that haven't had any trouble 
buying tickets to this game tomorrow night. So there should be a big Auburn presence. But nonetheless, it will still be a very hostile atmosphere for Auburn in Starkville tomorrow night. And it's a Mississippi State team that has a lot to play for right now. They're trying to get on the bubble in the NCAA tournament. Currently, even 500 in the SEC, they've got to put together a run down the stretch to be considered for the NCAA tournament. And Andy, something we've talked about on the show, especially today, has been the inconsistent guard play from Auburn basketball the past two weeks or so. So what do you assess as far as the guard play of Wendell Green, Zepp Jasper, Katie Johnson, etc.? Well, you're getting to a point of the season where teams have had a, almost a full year to scout you. So they know what's coming from these guys. And listen, it's, it's at the end of the year. You're playing good defensive teams. Mississippi State and Auburn both are averaging defensively about 66 points a game by their opponents. It's tough to play these two teams defensively. Tennessee was the same way. You heard Bruce Pearl talk all last week about how good Tennessee was as a defensive team, and they were. And Auburn struggled at times offensively, uh, thinking of that drought, that seven, eight-minute drought in the second half. And Auburn's guard play has been inconsistent of late, but so has the bench production. And both of those things, when Auburn was playing at its best this season, were very consistent, whether it was Wendell Green stepping up or Katie Johnson stepping up uh, or even Zepp Jasper stepping up. Auburn was getting outstanding guard play. And then you were getting a lot of bench points, including Wendell Green coming off the bench and Devin Cambridge and Jalen Williams and Dylan Cardwell, and that has been a a bit inconsistent. It's time now for Auburn to start putting things together. Two games left in the regular season, two games for Auburn to try and win an outright SEC championship. So a great deal on the line when Auburn goes to Starkville tomorrow night. From your perspective, Andy, as we look at the season again, two games left in the regular season, Auburn still in position to win the SEC regular season title and be that one seed in the SEC tournament. As the play-by-play announcer, what's been the most exciting part about this team or or just being able to broadcast these games with this group of players? Well, this is a fun group to be with, and this is a fun brand of basketball that Auburn plays. And there have been times where Auburn has had to grind out victories, especially on the road. You think of the win against Georgia. You think of the win at Missouri where the offense didn't come, and yet Auburn found a way to win both of those games right. uh, in the last minute. The, the, the five-point swing that Katie Johnson had at a one-point win at Missouri, and then Wendell Green with the driving basket in the last three seconds to beat Georgia. So Auburn has found different ways. I think one of the things I've enjoyed this year has been a different guy stepping up for Auburn. Now, Javari Smith of late has been the guy for Auburn. There is not a better freshman in college basketball than Javari Smith. And I've said it all year long, enjoy this guy while he's on the Plains. And that's going to be one year on the Plains. And let's let's hope that's a deep run to the final four in New Orleans for Javari. But at this time next year, he's going to be playing in the NBA. The same may be said for Walker Kessler, who may be playing his way into a first-round draft pick as well in the NBA draft. Uh, the, the, the thing about this team is enjoy this team right now because it will be different a year ago. I'm not saying it'll be, it will be a, a worse team next year. It's just going to be a different team come next year. But enjoy these guys now, and there's not a better backcourt or a better frontcourt in the SEC and perhaps in the country than the duo of Jabari Smith and Walker Kessler. 
We're talking with Andy Bertram, the voice of the Auburn Tigers, here on this Tuesday edition of the program. Today is March 1st, the NCAA tournament, the SEC tournament right around the corner. But that also means when you look at the calendar, well, we've got some Auburn baseball games and college baseball has started. No major league stuff right now, but don't worry, you've got the uh, college baseball ranks that have got going. And Andy, as we said going into this, you've yet to be able to uh, be on a call for Auburn baseball this season as duties have been uh, so busy there for you with this men's basketball team moving forward. But we know that you're up to speed on everything going on there with Butch Thompson and the bunch. And from listening to you chat with Coach on this week in Auburn baseball and that sort of thing, what's it been like for you to not be at the ballpark yet this season and have to take everything in like the rest of us? Well, my wife is listening to us right now. I know that. And she knows how much I hate missing any game yeah. that I was scheduled to do. And, and Sunday I was scheduled to do that game against Yale. Of course, they played the doubleheader. Here's the thing that kicked me a little bit is the, the head coach for Yale is John Stuper. John Stuper was the winning pitcher for the St. Louis Cardinals in game six of the world, the 1982 World Series. He started two games wow. for the Cardinals that year. I would have loved to have just sh- – shaking his hand last week and talk a little Cardinal baseball. Uh, but I, I really missed being in the booth uh, for what was supposed to be a Sunday game. I'll be there this weekend for uh, at least three of the games against Rhode Island. Uh, the Friday game with Brad, I'm going to come over Saturday after Auburn basketball and, and help out on that doubleheader, and then I'll be in the booth on Sunday and then back on, on basketball duty all next week as Auburn heads to the SEC tournament down in Tampa. So, uh, very much looking forward to calling some Auburn baseball this weekend surrounding uh, what could be a very, very special day for Auburn basketball on Saturday noon against South Carolina. Andy, we've seen a lot of Sonny DeShera in the headlines. Seems like he's uh, becoming a fan of Plainsman Park and playing there on the Plains. And, and for good reason. I mean, he is, he is off to a torrid start for Auburn. And a, and a guy that I think has quickly become a fan favorite. Uh, for, for Auburn, a guy that transferred in from Sanford and uh, has, has moved right into the starting lineup. He is a National Player of the Week this week uh, after his weekend against Yale last week. Uh, and it, it was, it's, it's easy to root for a guy like Sonny who decided to make that switch from Sanford to Auburn and is off to a great start. So uh, I look forward to getting to watch him in person. Friday night and, and call that game Friday night with Brad. Can't wait for it. And, of course, we've got baseball tonight and tomorrow, basketball tomorrow, softball keeps going, and, and Tiger Talk and that sort of thing, like uh, AU Sports Network, a lot of things going on this time of year. What's uh, what's the one thing you want to let people know about, Andy? Well, let me tell you about Tiger Talk Thursday night. We'll be out at Moe's Original Barbecue at Ben Creek. We will, of course, be talking with Bruce Pearl, Auburn men's basketball coach. Hopefully by then we know that Auburn – We'll be looking to win an outright SEC championship on Saturday. To do that, they need to beat uh, Mississippi State tomorrow night. And here's another Auburn team that could win an SEC championship this week. Number six, Auburn Gymnastics. The Tigers host Florida Friday night at Auburn Arena. And um, Auburn's gymnastics coach Jeff Graba will join us at the top of the show on Thursday. Uh, So we'll talk gymnastics and basketball, hopefully both of those teams playing for SEC championships this weekend and then friday bank baseball saturday basketball baseball sunday baseball and then get ready for the sec tournament down in tampa ton of things going on this time of year that's awesome andy we certainly do appreciate the time have a safe trip to starkville and uh, we'll hear you on the call tomorrow night thanks my pleasure guys war eagle war eagle our guy andy bertram the voice of the auburn tigers joining us there on the program 
I mean, that guy's schedule is... It's nuts. Crazy. Busy man, busy crazy. man. But uh, I know that he's absolutely living his dream, doing what he loves, and uh, the voice you hear for all of the most iconic and exciting moments in uh, Auburn sports history. And history continues to be made this season for various teams. All right, let's take a commercial break. We've got more sports call right after this. Follow our Sports Call host, J.J. Jackson, on Twitter by searching at underscore J.J. underscore Jackson underscore. And follow the show on Twitter by searching at Sports Call AU. Hashtag, is that two words? This is Jake Crane, host of The J-Boy Show, and you are listening to the Abbey Award-winning Sports Call. Let's keep moving along. Sports Call Auburn is what you're listening to, too. On WTGZ, Tiger 95.9 FM in the Tiger Communications app. J.J. Jackson inside the studio with Javon Cutler and Brant Daughtry. A great conversation a moment ago with the voice of the Auburn Tigers, Andy Bertram, talking about Auburn's game coming up tomorrow against Mississippi State and a little bit about Auburn baseball making his uh, season debut on Friday back behind the mic. Of course, Brad Law has been calling every single game, and you can listen to another Auburn baseball game tonight when they take on Alabama State beginning at 545 on FM Talk 93.9. But uh, we need to go to our Auburn Bank phone line and bring on a very special guest, another friend of the program, uh, on the phone today as he joins us. And uh, it's our good friend Justin Ferguson from the Auburn Observer. What's going on, Ferg? How are you? I'm all right. How are you all? Uh, we're very well. Javon, how are you doing now that we've got you back connected with Ferg? It's been a little bit. has been a little bit. I know that's kind of been the running joke, it feels like, for the past six months or so, because usually <laughs> I'm on the couch and Ferg walks in and he asks me why I'm not on the show. And it's like, I don't know why I'm not on the show. And it's become this low-key beef between him and JJ at times as to there's why I'm not on the show. There's nothing low-key about it. I mean, <laughs> there, there's definitely been beef. Ferg did want to uh, point out last week, I didn't relay this message to you, but he was thrilled to see you sitting at a table, actually. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was on yeah. last week. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's it's important to actually give your uh, your employees uh, uh, access <laughs> space to work and not just say yeah just sit on the couch you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right, uh, let's get caught up on on kind of what's been going on in Auburn athletics again, Ferg. It's it's been a crazy week. It's a crazy time of year. Here we are on March first with the uh, NCAA tournament, the conference tournaments right around the corner, and Auburn is coming off a uh, tough loss on Saturday in Knoxville. You had feet on the ground at the game on Saturday, if I remember correctly. What was the atmosphere like there in the venue? Oh, it's, it was incredible. Uh, one of the best uh, venues I've been to, one of the best atmospheres I've been to for a college game. Um, you know, we talk about how Auburn Arena and the, and the way it's set up and built uh, makes it so super loud with, with less people. The top of the bowling arena is huge. It's, a, it's gigantic. Uh, but uh, the people there made it really, really loud. So, you know, you get one of the biggest venues in the country kind of cranked up uh, the whole way. Uh, it was a it was a really good atmosphere. It was a big game feel the whole way through, and um, you know they were obviously excited that Tennessee pulled out the win. But I think Auburn uh, got a taste of kind of what they're going to hit here in uh, in the in the tournaments coming up. Just a loud crowd. They're not all going to be against uh, Auburn, kind of like the 
you know, what you get in these true road games. Uh, but, uh, you know, getting, getting used to playing in an environment like this, I think it's going to be pretty big for Auburn. Ferg, uh, just looking at the past couple of games for Auburn, it seems like the guard play has really been the, the biggest issue or the, the lack of offense that you're getting from your guards. What's going on at that position, do you think? Yeah, I think it's got a lot to do with the defense uh, that they're facing. I want to point out that Auburn's point guards did not do very well at all against, uh, against Tennessee. Um, that was a key reason why they lost that game. A few days earlier uh, against Ole Miss, uh, you know they were. I think Zepp Jasper and Will Green were two of the best players on the floor for the Tigers in that game. So I mean, it's just kind of inconsistent. Um, Tennessee's an elite defensive team; they extend their their defense really, really well. Um, but yeah, it's, it's no secret those guys are in a slump at the point guard spot. I thought Katie Johnson played well against uh, against Tennessee, and you know gave Auburn a second option that could reliably score and, instead of just Jabari Smith. Um, so that was good to kind of see Katie kind of keep it going. Um, they just got to get Katie and Wendell clicking again at the same time because when Auburn was you know, winning 19 games in a row earlier this season, um, both of those guys were playing at the, at the top of their game. And uh, they've been able to do that against some tough teams. They've been able to do it against some tough defenses. They've been able to do it away from home. Um, but I, I think a lot of it is just the fact that, uh, you know, you got a couple guys who are in a slump. I think Wendell um, just hasn't been consistent recently, and Katie hasn't either. Um, so that inconsistency match with some pretty good defenses is going to be tough. And so Auburn, they've got to get their guard play back going again. But it's not a situation of, you know, I don't think you can look at it and say, okay, well, there's no way Auburn gets good enough guard play to, to go deep in March. Um, no, we've seen Wendell Green Jr. have phenomenal games. We've seen Jeff Jasper look like one of the best defensive players in the league. We've seen Katie Johnson take over games at times. So, um, you know, it just needs to happen more consistently. And I think this week against State and South Carolina are two good opportunities to get that going. And Ferg, looking at the conference as a whole this year, I want to get your thoughts on how the SEC has looked and how many teams you think this conference could get come Selection Sunday. I think they'll probably end up getting seven. Um, there's a chance of eight. Yeah, they've got six firmly in right now and six really good teams that are probably all going to be top six seeds. Uh, you got Auburn and Kentucky and Arkansas – um, you know, Tennessee, Alabama, and LSU. I think they're all, all, all six of those teams are just straight up locks uh, at this point. Florida and Mississippi State are the two teams I think that are bubble teams at this point. I, I don't think South Carolina really has much of a chance. A and M, uh, Ole Miss, none, none of those other teams really have uh, much of a much of a prayer. I don't think um, Florida's in a better spot than State is right now. Um, Florida's got that win over Auburn. They got an opportunity to get a huge win against Kentucky later this week, and of course, State has that opportunity tomorrow night as well. They're going to be super motivated uh, to try to get off the bubble and, and, and get a win like that. So I would be surprised if both Florida and State get in. Um, you know, I, it would be some interesting set of circumstances. I think both of them would have to have really good weeks here this week and pretty good into SEC tournaments. And, like, you know, you feel like one might cancel out the other at this point. Um, but so I think seven is probably it. They have a shot to get eight. That would be the record. That that would tie the record uh, from a few years ago when Auburn made the final four. Um, but it's been a pretty good league, obviously. Um, the top four has really uh, been elite, uh, especially at home. Um, you know, and you, you're coming down to the wire the final week of the season, and you've got four teams that still have a chance to to at least claim a share of the SEC title. And uh, I think if you anybody who has watched Auburn and Kentucky and Tennessee and Arkansas play. Uh, within the last few weeks, I think any of those teams can get hot. Uh, I think any of those teams are f- possible Final Four teams, um, you know, just because of the way they play and the and the talent and the coaching that they've got. 
Um, so it, it's been really fun. And then, then that second tier with Alabama and LSU, um, you know, those are dangerous teams that are fully capable of beating anybody on their day. LSU's got the awesome defense. Alabama's uh, really good on offense and, and have had some giant killings this year. And then those, uh, those, the, those teams on the bubble, uh, I think especially Florida, um, have you know have have what it takes to to make it in the tournament, make some noise. So uh, SEC tournament next week is going to be bloodbath, um, just like we thought the regular season was going to be. Um, so I think that makes it, and I wrote about it today. The Observer, I think that makes it a lot more impressive uh, when you look at um, Auburn potentially winning the SEC this year for only the fourth time ever. Um, this is a really tough league, and this is the toughest the league has been in over a decade. This is one of the only times you could say the SEC is the second-best conference in college basketball. Um, so, uh, you know, if Auburn gets one of these two wins here uh, down the stretch or if they win both of them and you get the outright title, that's a heck of an accomplishment looking at the rest of the league. All right, let's look ahead. Auburn obviously takes on Mississippi State tomorrow in Starkville. That's going to be a challenge within itself. As you said, the Bulldogs in Florida kind of fighting – they're on the bubble. Coming up on Saturday, Auburn closes out the regular season at home. Uh, a noon start for that contest. They're taking on South Carolina, a team that they already saw once this season and defeated in Columbia. Tell me about the Gamecocks. Catch us up to speed on where they've been at in the second portion of the season and, and maybe what you're feeling about that game for Auburn. Yeah, South Carolina is not necessarily a team that I think um, has gotten a lot of people kind of worried uh, just because of the way they've played recently. You look at their because they are eight and eight in the league, um, but their wins are um, looking at them, they've beaten Vanderbilt twice, uh, they beat Georgia twice, uh, they beat Mississippi State, they beat Ole Miss, um, they beat LSU, which is a good win, and they've beaten Texas A and M. So really, LSU of all the teams they played in the league this year, LSU really the only tournament team they've beaten uh, at this point. We'll see. We'll see what happens with State, but. They've beaten up on the lower class of the conference right now, and so that's kind of separated them from um, the pack a little bit. They are, they're not a Missouri, they're not a um, you know they're not a Georgia, uh, they're not an A and M at this point. But um, really good teams have been able to beat them. Um, South Carolina, looking at it now, they did split against South Carolina. They've just struggled on offense. This has not been a really good offense. We saw that against uh, when Auburn went up to Columbia and beat them. Team that turns the ball over a lot doesn't shoot particularly well. Um, and that's kind of been the theme for them throughout the throughout SEC play. Um, but you know, Frank Martin def- team's always going to have really good defense. Defense travels, um, so it'll be interesting to see. I think Auburn that first matchup against South Carolina, um, they you know South Carolina will it way back like down to four um, midway through the second half, and then Auburn uh, kind of kind of put the pedal to the metal and raced away from them in the in the final uh, you know kind of the final quarter of the game. So um, yeah, I mean. You're going to have to earn it uh, against a Frank Martin defense, um, but this South Carolina team, I just the firepower just ain't there uh, offensively, and that's kind of been their their part. They've been able to beat bad teams with that offense, um, but they have not been able consistently to put up good numbers against good teams, at least teams with good offenses. Um, so you know, Auburn would love to obviously get everything sorted out and, and wrap it up tomorrow uh, against Mississippi State in a much tougher game. Uh, but this South Carolina matchup, if they have to, you know, absolutely win it to to claim a title, it is a favorable matchup for them for sure. 
which is what Auburn fans like to hear going into Saturday's game against the South Carolina Gamecocks. His name is Justin Ferguson. He is with the Auburn Observer. You can follow him on Twitter at JFergusonAU, and he's one of our favorite guests to have here in studio with us from time to time. All right, so uh, talking a little ball here, and uh, mentioned this a little bit last week with you were in studio, but let's kind of revisit this. I kill your now the new Auburn football wide receiver coach. Tell us a little bit about this, Ferg, and what you're expecting. Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting hire for sure. Um, I thought it was a hire that a lot of people could get excited about um, at the, you know, at the uh, at that position. Auburn needs help at wide receiver in terms of development. I think they need reinforcements on the transfer portal if they can get any. And they need to recruit well at the position moving forward. So why don't you go get a guy who spent 12 years in the league as a player and 11 years as a coach? Uh, a guy who knows the SEC was an All-American in Florida during the peak, kind of fun and gun. Uh, days of Steve Spurrier um, obviously has a relationship um, I believe with with, uh, with kind of like Williams and just has a connection that kind of gets him to uh, to Auburn and um, it's a really good hire I think Brian Harson sees the value in getting guys from the NFL and teaching them you know kind of the, the highest levels of technique what it takes to kind of separate yourself um, as a player um, they did a really good job of that with Nick Eason I thought Nick Eason uh, I look at the Nick. Uh, I look at the Ikeyer hire a lot, like I like the Nick Eason hire. A lot of people had questions about Nick Eason's ability to recruit because he hadn't done it yet. Uh, but he came in with with experience from the league. Um, did a really good job of working with his, with his unit. Those guys took a step forward uh, and they were able to recruit well. Uh, if Ikeyer can kind of bring the same thing to Auburn's wide receiver room, the program's going to be a much better spot moving forward. So we'll see. Uh, you know what he uh, what he's able to do. Uh, he's got a thin group to work with and an inexperienced group to work with and uh, the recruiting situation is what it is at this point for Auburn but uh, if he's able to kind of bring that kind of Nick Eason like impact coming from the NFL um, I think it's one of the best hires Auburn could have made right now which is uh, pretty good because this is a program that could use some good news and um, uh, you know pretty universally like this hire and, and, and Auburn really needed that right now. The Auburn Observer, $6 a month or $60 a year to be a part of an incredible community with a premium podcast that you can listen to each and every week. What's the game plan for the rest of the week over at the Observer, Ferg? Yeah, so I'm going to be in Startville tomorrow. Um, So we've got uh, observations from the game and a podcast that will go up on Thursday. Uh, We'll do mailbag on Friday like normal, and uh, we'll have coverage of the South Carolina game over the weekend. Uh, and uh, get you set for uh, SEC tournament actions uh, starting next week. Uh, looking forward to being down in Tampa and, and uh, you know experiencing what should be a really fun event. Uh, and uh, like I said earlier, it should be should be one of the most competitive uh, tournaments we've seen in a while, especially when you get to the Final Four. Uh, you know what what happens on Saturday uh, in the SEC. Perfect. Hey, just do me a favor. Be on your best behavior these next couple of days until I see you again on Saturday. Okay. Okay, all right, I'll try. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Ferg. We'll talk to you soon. See y'all. All right, that's Justin Ferguson from the Auburn Observer joining us there on the program. I don't think that's too much to ask. want to make sure my man Ferg is behaving. That's, and That's your favorite goodbye. It, it really is. is. For everybody. Really hey, man, is. be on your best behavior. It's really important. I tell you I'm going to lunch, and you say that to me every day. It's really important that you're on your best behavior. You never know what can happen. You never I know, know who I happen. represent. Yeah. I mean, it just in general, you know? You've got... Parents to make proud, right? I mean, true, true. Gosh. All right, let's take a commercial break.
we need a timeout. Sports Call will be back after this quick break. I'm Sammy Coates, former Auburn football player and all-SEC wide receiver, and you're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Welcome back. It's uh, Sports Call Tiger 95.9 FM and the Tiger Communications app. Thanks again to Justin Ferguson from the Auburn Observer for joining us there a moment ago. Back-to-back guest segments there as we had Ferg, and then before him was uh, Andy Burcham, the voice of the Auburn Tigers. And I don't know, I'm getting the vibe that a lot of people are still, as they should be, very optimistic about Auburn men's basketball's opportunity to win an SEC championship. Still in a really good spot to accomplish that. That's how I'm feeling. It is incredibly difficult to win on the road regardless of what conference you play in, and Auburn plays in the best conference in college basketball, if not the best in the second best. And you've played two of the top three teams that are not yourself on the road, and you lost to them in close games. That's that's not a reason to panic. You know, uh, you can look at the games and go, oh, this went wrong. Why didn't we do this? Blah, blah, whatever. It, winning on the road is hard. Let's just look at it, look at the big picture. Winning on the road is a very difficult thing to do, especially in a conference like the SEC. Uh, but you have weathered that storm. Yeah, you came out with three losses. That's not great. Those are your only three losses in conference play. Every other team has more than you. You've got to take care of business against South Carolina, which I think Auburn does. I'll, I'll plant my flag in that camp. I think Auburn wins tomorrow. Uh, obviously, not putting any money on that, so take it with a grain of salt if you want. But I think Auburn wins these next two games. I think they get the title outright. And then we move on to tournament time. And from there, man, who knows? Who would have thought that people would be complaining about Auburn basketball with a 25-4 and record, yeah. too? Like, that's the state of Auburn basketball that we live in right now, whereas beforehand it's like, okay, let's just try to make the tournament. Right. We'll see what happens here. But now people are complaining about a 25-4 and Auburn basketball team that is number five in the country. And, yes, it's going to be difficult to – run the table in this SEC tournament, but Auburn does have that double buy, so that helps out as well. But for Auburn, um, I think they're still in really good shape. I think that they're hungrier, like I mentioned in the previous hour. Like They're hungrier probably even more than before to try to get that respect back that they once had when they were number one. And then again, that wasn't a lot of respect, but they had some respect. But now they're at number five. They're on the inside or the outside looking in, I think that they're going to win these next two games. They're going to get that one seed, get that double bye. Then, like Ferg mentioned, that top four of the SEC is it's going to be tough. I mean, oh, yeah. Arkansas is tough. Kentucky's tough. Um, teams like that. So Auburn knows what they're going to have to go up against. It helps that, obviously, they've been against these teams before, and it also helps that they're not having to go to Bud Walton Arena or go to Thompson Bowling Arena. It's going to be a neutral court in mm-hmm. Tampa. So I think that'll benefit Auburn, but I think for the Tigers that they're going to be prepared for this SEC tournament. They know what's at stake. They know that they still have an outside shot at a number one seed, which they had held on to a lot this season. So for the Tigers, I know that they're going to be motivated. I think they're going to be well prepared. Um, I think those mistakes that they've had in the previous couple of games as far as inconsistent guard play and turnovers and things of that sort, those aren't going to rear their ugly heads come tournament time. So I think Auburn is still in really good shape. Just take care of these two games in front of you in the regular season. 
get into the SEC tournament, take care of the SEC tournament, then it's a crapshoot, we all know, for yeah. the NCAA tournament itself. Anything could happen, but if Auburn plays up to their full potential, there's no doubt this team could play until that final weekend in New Orleans. Yeah, we, we've talked about this before. I, I Once you get into the Sweet 16, it's absolutely a crapshoot. It's Every game is a flip of the coin, and, and you're just kind of hoping to make it out of there alive. Exactly. But I think Auburn definitely has the power to make it to the Sweet 16, which is the best you can do as far as, hey, this is our goal, and from there on you just kind of have to get lucky. And I think Auburn definitely has the power to do that. Uh, I think if you win out, if you win the SEC tournament, I think you're back on that one line. I think you take over another one seed. I think you push back. Uh, I, I can't even remember who the, the one seeds are right now, but I don't think you're going to, uh, I don't think you're going to usurp Gonzaga. Um, and Arizona is also up there. I, we talked to Jake Crane earlier. He said, other than Auburn, they're the deepest team in college basketball. And I think that's pretty accurate. But I think other than that, I think the number three seed and the four seed are uh, uh, up for grabs and you would still have the number one seed in whatever district of the tournament you're in. So I think Auburn can absolutely get back on that one line, and I think they've just got to take care of business uh, in these last two games and then see what happens in the tournament. Starts tomorrow night, taking on Mississippi State in Starkville and then on Saturday against South Carolina. Uh, Nathan just came by the studio. He won some baseball tickets. Let's go, Nathan. Yesterday yeah. on our big giveaway, so he Congrats picked them up, him. and now he's going to be able to make the drive over to Plainsman Park here in town, and that's why you keep listening to this show because we've got tons of giveaways all throughout the year. And, uh, yeah, thanks for, uh, for thanks for participating, Nathan, and we hope that he has a great time with him and his family. So his wife was really excited, and uh, they're going to go get to see some Auburn baseball a little bit later tonight taking on Alabama State. Important part of the season for Auburn baseball before you get into SEC play and that sort of thing. So. Yeah, your, your, your preseason parts, you're still figuring out what you have as a team, and Butch Thompson's a really good coach. I think he's going to use this time and kind of see what he has. We Excuse me, you've gotten a hot start from Sonny Deshera, but – other than that, you're still you're still working out a few things. Right. I mean, you you lost Ryan Bliss to the MLB last year, by far your best player. So you're still you're still figuring everything out, and uh, you know it's it's an exciting time, like you said, because Auburn's still winning. And man, I, I need to make it out to a baseball game at some point. Yeah, we can make that happen. Yeah, for we know some people. It's bad for this <laughs> keeping this baseball team. Uh, they're a team that last year they could put up several runs and have no problems doing that. But pitching was a concern of last year's team and. Seems like this year they've got some guys that are willing to go deeper in the ball game, so that's always a plus. I know uh, Gonzalez, Joseph Gonzalez, is one of the guys that they're kind of relying on in terms of being one of the veterans for the pitching staff. Right. So I think for Auburn baseball, pitching is going to be a huge thing for this team. And of course, we all know the SEC in baseball is really tough. It feels like they're tough in every single sport, but the SEC is especially tough in baseball as well. So we'll really see what this Auburn team is made of right now, but. Um, for this Tigers baseball club, try to rack up all these wins and try to get yourself a great position for the SEC tournament and also the NCAA tournament, but I'm confident in Butch Thompson's abilities. After all, I took a team to the College World Series a couple of years ago. Today opens up March, and uh, as we start March, obviously we've got more college baseball to be played. We've got uh, March Madness, we've got conference tournaments, the NCAA tournaments. It also means... We've got a brand new month of Sports Call Monthly predictions Ooh boy. and February picks to review. We've got to congratulate some folks, and 
we're going to get the opportunity to take more of your phone calls in the second hour of our show. So 334-887-3401 if you would like to be a part of our program by giving us a call on the Auburn Bank phone line. That brings us to the end of this hour. Again, we really want to take your phone calls and chat with you in the third and final hour of our program. Alongside Javon Cutler and Brant Daughtry, my name is JJ Jackson. Two hours in the books and we're rolling. Two hours of Sports Call are finished. Don't touch that radio dial. We've got one more hour to go. Whether you're leaving work, cruising around town, or listening on demand, we've still got some fun left for you. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show has been on the air since 1995 and is ready for 60 more minutes of fun. Now, let's get this hour of Sports Call started. Third and final hour of Sports Call getting started on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. J.J. Jackson inside the studio with Brant Daughtry and Javon Cutler. Man, we've had a whole lot of fun on the show so far today. It's been very, very, very busy in these first two hours of the program a lot of people have joined us had a couple of phone calls and uh yeah so much so that we should probably take this opportunity to recap everything that's happened we've already finished the first two hours of sports call today (sighs) boy that escalated quickly i mean that really got out of hand fast it jumped up a notch it did didn't it it's now time for the daily show recap um can you repeat the part of this stuff where you said all about the things? All right. According to Homer Simpson right there, we've been asked to repeat the part where we said all about the things. So, Brant, what are all about the things that we've said today? Could you repeat what's been happening on the show? Oh, goodness. We have said a lot of things. We've had <laughs> uh, three guests so far in we this episode. We have said a lot of things. Started out with uh, Jake Crane of Crane & Co. Yes. Now, uh, no longer of the J-Boys show, of Crane & Company. Right. So, uh, he's expanding and... Had an interview with him that will be on our podcast feed a little bit later. We also talked to Andy Burcham, voice of the Auburn Tigers, got his opinion on Auburn basketball and what they need to do to close out their regular season and the uh, the beginning of baseball season and how fun that's been. And we also talked to Justin Ferguson uh, specifically about the game coming up against Mississippi State and uh, how Auburn, uh, kind of the X's and O's of what Auburn needs to do going forward. So very, very loaded show. We've also uh, had a couple of calls so far. We've talked about a... Uh, the, uh, the Tennessee game and what went wrong, what went right. And uh, what uh, basically, Auburn is two wins away from an SEC championship, and we're about to be hanging banners. And then the biggest headline that's been mentioned a little bit, if someone were to t- turn on their television screen to any sports channel, the yeah. big breaking news headline of the day, Brant, would say what? 
uh, Rob Manfred sucks at his job. <laughs> we, uh, the MLB has officially begun to cancel games. We are not going to start the season on time. We are not going to have 162 baseball games, which is uh, very, very unfortunate. That, that's, yeah, that's, we'll leave all it there. I, that's all I have to say. We'll leave it there. Perfect. That's all I have to say. 334 887 3401 or toll free at 1 Tiger 9. If you would like to call in and be a part of the show, let's go to our Auburn Bank phone line. Keith from Auburn. Keith has called into the program. Hi, Keith. Hey, guys. How we doing? Very well. How are you? I am doing well. Hey, uh, gentlemen, I've got a question. For yes, you. sir. And it's just one question, and then uh, I will hang up and listen to your guys' comments on this. All right. Tell me, when you talk about Hugh Freeze and you talk about Art Browse, why is it that Hugh Freeze is coaching and Art Browse can't catch a break? Because uh, he, I know he was hired by Grambling State as the offense coordinator. Now he's out. So is there that much difference between what Hugh Freeze did and what Art Browse did? Uh, because this man can't catch a break. And, I, you know, I, first of all, I thank you for taking my call. But I will hang up and listen to your guys' comments all right. on this. Because I'm just – I don't understand. Yep. I appreciate it, guys. Absolutely. Our buddy Keith right there joining us on the phone line. Yeah, I think the biggest difference between Art Bryles and what Hugh Freeze did – first of all, I'm not a big fan of Hugh Freeze either. I don't think Hugh Freeze should be in coaching. I, I don't think he's paid his debt to society properly. But – the argument that can be made is that Art Bryles knew something was happening and covered it up. He knew there were horrific things being done by his players and did nothing to stop that from happening. Hugh Freeze was more directing the players to... He was providing a service that is wrong, should not be done, um, illegal, but also agreed to. Uh, Art Bryles was covering up sexual assault and I, I don't think there's a something that a human being can do to another human being that's worse than that honestly and for Art Bryles to know that was happening and to cover it up no I I think Art Bryles should be under the jailhouse much less out of coaching and that's what made the move by Hugh Jackson originally to hire Art Bryles yeah. as the OC head back or head scratching I should say because you're trusting Art Bryles to preside over these young men, even young men at an HBCU at that, to say, okay, we're going to trust him to guide these young men into later stages of adulthood, not only on the field, but also off the field. And like you mentioned, Brant, Art Bryles presided over a lot of sexual assault cases at Baylor. They bat an eye to it because Baylor was really good at the time. Baylor was winning Big 12 title off the Big 12 title. They even got a new football stadium because all of this so winning kind of hid the fact that he was doing the sexual assault thing until I believe a female at Baylor brought it up and then that's how all this kind of unraveled for Art Bryles and that's how he got booted out of Waco but for um, him specifically yeah it was um, something that obviously you don't condone I mean a coach doing allowing players to have that type of control over these young ladies and things like that, and you're not doing nothing about it. So I think for um, Art Bryles, obviously the heat was on him, and Hugh Jackson as well for making this hire, because also Hugh Jackson, I know it's a little bit of a tangent, but Hugh Jackson's a guy that's been a huge advocate for, okay, let's try to get more minorities 
into the coaching profession and the first move you make is hiring a white guy who is one of the most controversial guys in yeah. the sport. <laughs> so it's like, what are you thinking about Hugh Jackson in terms of that move? And I'm sure the administration at Grambling also had the same thoughts and they didn't want this negative attention on their program. They're trying to build their program back to relevancy. So um, obviously our um, Browse doesn't want to get involved with that, so that's probably why he resigns. Like, you know what? I'll just—I don't want to take the attention away from these players. I'll just resign. So, um, I know specifically for Art Browse, it's a situation that he'll never live down. It's always going to be etched in his memory, in his name, in his legacy. And then Hugh Freeze, yeah, the um, whole dirty work with him. Liberty, I mean, he's been pretty quiet. It feels like at Liberty, unless something amazing—not amazing, but something pops off there. But just a lot of craziness going on, but Art Bryles for sure is a guy that I agree with your branch should not be in any level of coaching whatsoever. All right, no. Art Bryles no longer the offensive coordinator at Grambling. I, I I don't think Art Bryles should be in coaching. I don't think Art Bryles should be a part of the free world, honestly. I, I, just, I hold no sympathies for him. I hold no love for him. I just the, the less I hear about Art Bryles, the, the things he did were appalling. Not not just immoral, but just gross and wrong and awful. Let's uh, let's take some more phone calls. I'm sure people might want to contribute because that is a big headline happening over the past few days in sports. I, I'm curious what our next caller thinks about this topic and others. 887-3401 or toll-free one triple eight nine tiger 9 Anthony from Auburn. All right, let's bring Anthony in. Anthony, what do you have to say on all this uh, conversation? Well, I'm not going to get into the Art Brow thing today. I... I um... I knew about it last week as far as the hiring and everything, but it, it fell apart. But I'm not going to get into that because that's not what I called for. Okay. But I, pre- I appreciate you offering me, the, offering me the opportunity to uh, go down that avenue, but just not today. But I tell you what I want to go down. I want You know, that coach that uh, – that wide, wide, wide receivers coach that Auburn had that, you know, everybody was led to believe that the offensive production as far as wide receivers catching balls and this and that – Fell on that man's shoulders that he was responsible because he couldn't catch anything and this and that and, and he couldn't do the job and he couldn't do this and this and that. But you know what, brother Nick Saban found a place for him. Got him there, gonna be an analyst and everything. He's gonna coach him up. He's gonna learn some things watching film with Saban. He's gonna help Saban breaking down film and, and going to practice and learning this and learning that and, and get that fine tune, that polish to get groomed. And I guarantee you, in two years' time, by the time he leaves the capstone. He's going to have a national championship ring on his finger. He's going to have a conference championship ring on his finger. And he's going to be ready to go benefit a, a big-time program as an assistant, whether that be offensive coordinator or, or receivers coach or, or running backs coach or, or whatever. But I, I guarantee he's going to learn some football. He's going to get that polish that he ain't been able to get nowhere else. And he's going to be a hot commodity in about two years. And I guarantee you somewhere down the road, uh, could be 10 years, could be 15 years from now, that guy's going to have a, going to have a head coaching job for somebody. He's going to make a trip back to the Plains, and he's going to whip Auburn or somebody. I guarantee you. I tell you, that's the best news in football today when you had a coach that was thrown away, shunned by the Auburn people, and this is where the Auburn coaching staff, the Harson staff, and all what's around, all the negativity that surrounded it. Now to see that somebody like Saban, a seven-time NCAA World's Heavyweight Champion, the greatest coach in the 21st century, I right, let me say it again, the 21st century, and Bear Bryant being the greatest coach of the 20th century and the greatest coach overall, in my opinion, as far as that goes. But I'm going to tell you something. Uh, I'll tell you, 
Uh, just look at Auburn. Now, what, what did that make Auburn look like? Harson had no use for him, but yet a man that won all these national titles, all these conference titles and Western Division titles and all these big marquee games and sent all these players to first-round pick NFL and have some good second-round picks and made some money and a couple third in there and keep on having these players winning all these national awards, Heisman, Jim Thorpe, or Buckers Award, just to name a few, uh, year in and year out always in the conversation of winning something big, and he got used for him at his place. I mean, what do you guys think about that is what I want to know. It would have been more insulting to Cornelius Williams to demote him to an analyst from an on-field coach than it would have been to fire him. That's that's the, the beginning and end. So that's the beginning and end for you. Yes, sir. I, I do I, yeah, I think, I, think it's, I think it's the best thing to do. I think it's just, hey, let's move on. Let's uh, things aren't working here, and as opposed to finding something else, uh, why don't you go back? And he got an on-field job right away at Tro- like he was able to go back to Troy, where Cornelius came from, and, and things are going well for him there. Well, we are gonna see what happens with this analyst job. Yeah, I mean, he's gonna get an opportunity at Alabama now, so yeah, uh, and, and I think that's awesome for him. And we are gonna see, but uh, I think it's awesome. Now, Huh? I said I think it's awesome for him to get the chance to go and and possibly learn something from Coach Saban and that staff that that Alabama has put together. Because uh, Auburn certainly couldn't have taught him anything that was going to help him. Uh, you know, it's just the facts. It's what it is. All right. Not picking on. But hold on. Not picking on Auburn. Don't make right. you guys feel bad. <laughs> but that's just the facts. That's just what it is. So, you know, uh, we we'll see what happens with, with that going on. Uh, I want to talk a little basketball. Okay. I had the opportunity to watch. I'll, I watched the last three or four minutes of the game. You know, and Auburn got back in another situation like they've been the last two times on the road. Uh, you know, it's close. They had opportunity to win, but just couldn't quite cash in. Just couldn't quite get a rebound here. Just couldn't quite make a shot there. Just couldn't quite stop the other team from pumping a few threes or this or that. You know, uh, I'm beginning to believe now, as I was telling a coworker at work the other night, I think Auburn's a team that got late in the stretch here that can't close out when they go on the road that uh, – Auburn Arena is the only place they can win, the only place they can play. Uh, you know, it looked like going on the road is just uh, uh, turning into a nightmare now. Uh, they're going down the avenue that when they get on the road, they're they just not going to win. Auburn, that they should be winning. Auburn has the best road record in the SEC. Well, okay, they got the best, but I'm talking about late hitting the stretch. And then late hitting the stretch, you start losing on the road like that. Yeah, they just uh, have one more they, road game left, and it's against Mississippi State, it. and then it doesn't matter. Yeah, but what I'm saying, when you get in the tournament, the tournament is not going to be at Auburn Arena. It's going to be out somewhere on the road. Right, but it's going to be a neutral site, and it's not going to be. Even though it's a neutral site, it won't be in the friendly confines of Auburn, is what I'm saying. So we're going to see what happens when they get out in these places in the conference tournament, and then when they get in the big dance, which ain't going to be uh, in Auburn, somewhere, uh, wherever they have them at. I don't know where they're going to have it this year and all, but, you know, wherever. uh, We're going to see how they play. And that very well, uh, going down his avenue, losing these last games in the stretch here on the road, could go ahead and carry on into that is what I'm getting at. Yeah, so, but for but for Auburn, I mean, like we mentioned, like J.J. just mentioned, it's going to be a neutral site, so you're not going to have to I'm deal with 20,000-plus people that are against you. You're going to have 50-50, 60-40, somewhere in that range. So I think Auburn could definitely handle an environment like that instead of, you know, 21,000 Tennessee fans or – 20,000 Arkansas fans or 12,000 Florida Gator fans. Yeah, yeah, I see what you're getting at. But we're going to see, you know, and there's been some talk about the, the ball basketball they was using that they had a Nike ball instead of a Wilson ball, and it was slipping out of their fingers. Or, you know, it was hard to play or use it. 
because it wasn't the best of quality or some nonsense uh, that somebody brought up uh, in the last couple of days that I was hearing somebody was saying. But, uh, you know, and so we'll see how all that plays out. But I tell you what, guys, now Auburn mess around and don't win what they're supposed to win. I'm going to have to call you back. And we got to bring up Bruce Pearl's contract if he don't mess around and, and meet the expectation of the people by winning the championships that should be won. Then what you're looking at is people fit, uh, got the feeling good for just a moment, one moment in time, got the feeling good enough to get crazy to go ahead and, and dish out a lot of money. And then uh, at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, he ain't delivered what the prize champion bull that he should have delivered. So we're going to see if he can deliver that prize. Who are the bull. greatest college basketball coaches of all time, Anthony? Well, Dean Smith certainly uh, was one of the greatest. Uh, but I'm going to tell you the greatest ever been, John Wooden uh, uh, coming out of UCLA with Cream and all that crew and, and uh, Bill Walden and, and uh, just to name a few, uh, won 10 uh, NCAA World Headway Championship basketball uh, titles. Right. I mean, the guy's the greatest ever been. You win 10 titles. Nobody's else done that and got close to it, as far as I know. Right. Uh Dean Smith, Dean Smith is someone to bring up, and he, he coached for uh, you know three, four decades, had had three great, national you know, championships. He's been great. Uh, what about Mike Shushevsky? Yeah, Coach K. Coach K. Okay, forty-two years, five championships. You know, but uh, it's really hard to win in college basketball. Really hard yeah, to win. But uh, you know, uh, that's just what it is. But uh, we gonna see. We gonna see as uh, next couple of weeks unfold. We get ready to get in this uh, conference tournaments all across America. And then get in the um, big March Madness, get in the NCAA tournament when they get the bids out here, and, and what happens, and who go, what see, who get what, and who go where, and who plays who. But I'm gonna tell you, uh, Auburn better get it together because when it wants to leave uh, that Auburn arena and get out, even though it's a neutral site, it still ain't gonna be at Auburn. It still ain't gonna be at home, and we're gonna see how they uh, react or respond to uh, environment. You guys said the crowd will be divided. Yes, it will be. You have Auburn fans. You have. Uh, other fans, and you have uh, some locals, and you have some other people that gonna have some tickets too. So that'll be all mixed up and everything. But we gonna see what happens. But I'm gonna tell you, like I said, if he don't deliver that cash cow, that big prize bull, I'm gonna call you back, and I'm gonna have fun with you. I can't you know, wait for you to do that. Because I, like I said, you could have probably they should have gave him something to pacify him. Give him, you could have gave they could have gave him a million dollar bonus to pacify him in the short term. Then at the end of the season, sat down and added everything up and saw what it was, what it, you know, what it looked like. Anthony, do you do you think that Auburn just uh-huh. rushed into this contract without thinking about it first? Well, I tell you what, I would have me, I would have been putting things together, but not really formally offered him a deal until after the season. I gave him something to pacify him to keep his mind off. But a million dollar bonus uh, during the middle of the season or whatever portion of the season is left. Would have been enough to, to, to keep him uh, coaching and, and not worry about it. And then at the end of the season, look at everything and say, okay, this is what direction we need to go in uh, as far as uh, offer or this or that. I would have never gave that uh, at that point in the season. I, I would have rather waited myself. I would have rather waited. Because like I said, now, you didn't give him all the money. And then if he ain't, don't deliver this big bull, then, then what? You just got a coach that got a lot of money. Everybody felt good for a moment. That's still one in SEC championships and uh, well, still one of the top programs title, but, recruiting but most, at the – People don't kick out that kind of money for a conference title. That's usually worth what a hundred thousand dollar bonus or fifty thousand oh, dollars. You'll, you'll see. You'll see these contracts continue to get crazy. But, but I tell you what, we're gonna see uh, what he produces. Jimbo Fisher hadn't won anything yet, and he's getting what, like twelve million dollars a year? Well, I don't know about that, but listen, what I'm saying. Uh, and that's I football, think, where it's easier to who? win a championship. Who? Jimbo Fisher. Jimbo Fisher. They was desperate and thought that he might be the man to turn him around, but so far he ain't done it. He, he ain't won no more than eight Yeah, and Bruce like Pearl has idea. turned Auburn around. We're just going to disagree, Anthony. we got to get to some other callers today. It was good to hear from you, okay? 
Hey, wait a minute. You said, okay, well, I'll call you guys back at a uh, later time, and we're we going to talk later on if, if they do this or do that. We, I mean, if, if they do it, hey, if they win this or win yeah, that. Yeah, there's no I'll point for that. arguing now because we're not going to see eye to eye, so let's wait and see what happens, and then we can have a conversation. Oh, yeah, we'll have a conversation. We'll see what happens. Hey, I'll we appreciate you. All right, thank you. Bye. All right, that's our buddy Anthony joining us there on the Auburn Bank phone line, 887-3401 or toll-free at one 888 9 A couple of callers to get to right now on the program. We've got Matt from Auburn. Uh, Matt, up next. Hey, Matt. What's up, guys? Uh, hey. Yeah. Uh, my heart rate's up. That's what's address, up. Yeah. I just <laughs> want to address Anthony real quick because uh, talking about throwing money at Bruce Pearl and how we just, we're just we going to have a, a coach that has a lot of money and, and, and all that. And it, don't forget Bruce Pearl's the only coach that's taken a school from the state of Alabama to the Final Four. Don't forget that Bruce Pearl has won now three SEC championships. We're two games – all right, let me take it back. We're two games away from his third SEC championship, either a shared or an outright. Uh, and that doesn't even include the one where we beat the brakes off Tennessee in the SEC finals. Uh, and it's, it's just been so much that Bruce Pearl has done for this, this team. Now, as far as Cornelius Williams goes, he wants to talk about the, you know, Bringing in, bringing him in as an analyst at Alabama, that's cool, good for him. But wide receivers didn't know the plays; they didn't know their blocking assignments. It wasn't about them being able to drop, you know, not being able to catch the ball and dropping the ball all the time and all this. They didn't know the plays, and if you don't know the plays, who's the first head that rolls? If you've got a guy that at work isn't doing his job, who's the first one that they go after? The immediate supervisor and who's the immediate supervisor for the wide receivers the wide receivers coach i think you're exactly right grant it's it would be more demoralizing for cornelius williams if auburn says we're going to demote you and put you in an analyst position instead of just firing you that's just black and white there's no there's no gray area in that uh but anyway that's all i had to say anthony's going to find something to it's it's away. We're we're going to be away from Auburn Arena, and all, that ain't going to matter in in the next couple of weeks. We'll be in the same environment that Alabama's going to be in, and Tennessee's going to be in, and Kentucky's going to be in. And whenever we get to the tournament, we'll be in the same environment that all of the other teams in that arena are going to be in. It's not like we're playing like you said, Javon, in front of twenty thousand people at Arkansas or twenty one thousand people at Tennessee or. 15,000 people at Florida, or how many it was there. It's not going to be a sold-out arena of fans wearing the other colors. It's a neutral site game. You know, Matt, the thing I keep telling myself is, why do I care what Anthony's opinion of Auburn is? He's an Alabama fan. Why do I care what his opinion on Auburn is? It, and I, I'll listen to what he has to say. That's the point of this show. But I'm not going to lose any sleep over it. Oh, no, absolutely not. I just I had to I had to come in and fire back a little bit, you know. And we need that. We need that. <laughs> hey, with that said, for for the three of you in the studio and especially for Anthony, War Damn Eagle. War Eagle indeed. Thank War you. War Eagle, buddy. That's Matt from Auburn joining us on the program. 334-887-3401 or toll free at one triple eight nine tiger nine. A lot of phone calls here this hour, which we certainly do love. We had a lot of guests earlier in the program, so let's get some phone calls in here. Next up Coach from Kathleen. Coach has called into the program. Hey coach. How we doing, guys? Everybody good? <laughs> yes, we are. Outstanding. Yeah, you know, Brant, you you finally you finally got around to the right thing to say, which is 
why do we give a rip what that guy thinks about Auburn? He's clearly an Alabama guy. The two things that I can offer, Cornelius Williams, I got no opinion about him. You know, I have no idea why he got fired. And guess what? Guess who else doesn't have any idea why he got fired? That guy that was calling a minute ago. We don't know if it was about production. He may have just popped off at Coach Harson on a on a Sunday afternoon film session and said, you know, up yours or something, and you know, and that may be why he got let go. It might not be a performance related issue. It rarely is uh, in the middle of the season like that. I've never heard of it in the middle of the season. I'm happy for for Corn. It's you know good for him if he's an analyst or if it, I don't. I mean, heck, if he's an OC at Alabama, I don't care. It's not my issue. I don't know why Alabama is – I know why Alabama is not important to me. I don't know why Auburn is important to that guy because Auburn's not his team. The next thing, going to Bruce Pearl. You know, by his – by Anthony's uh, standard, Nick Saban's overpaid because he didn't win a national championship this year. You know? I mean, he got all, he's got all the money, the huge contract, all that garbage. I don't think he won the national championship this year. So by Anthony's standards, you know, what are you going to do? Cut that guy loose, you know? Uh, it's just asinine, the words that come out of his mouth, and you're trying to think, where did this clown come from? Who is this guy, and why does he have nothing else to do except worry about what Auburn's doing? You know, last time I checked, Auburn whipped Alabama's butt twice this year on the basketball floor. You know, he needs to be worried about Nate, whatever the dang uh, NITO is, you know? I mean, he—that's—that's that's where that guy's worry needs to be. Not—not not worried about Auburn and Auburn's basketball coach contract. I got a real strong suspicion that neither Alec Green, the board of trustees, or anybody else really considered what Anthony might thought or might think when they were deciding on that contract. Do we agree with that? Oh, for sure, for sure. A very good hunch. Yes. <laughs> I just—I just don't see anybody connected with the Auburn decision-making, really giving two rips what Anthony thinks. So, you know, that's kind of what the rest of us Auburn folks do as well. We really just don't care, Anthony. We don't care. We don't care about your opinion. You know, opinions are like belly buttons. You know, everybody's got one, and they're all pretty useless at this point. So let's roll with that. (laughs) I haven't heard that before. I like that. (laughs) That's good. Um, Stacy Searles, just bringing up a name from the past. Sure. Searles. You know, Stacey got him a job. At, uh, he's back at Georgia for his second stint there. Uh, an old Auburn guy. There was a lot of con- uh, conversation about, you know, if uh, Coach Friend left, that maybe Stacy would come from North Carolina back to Auburn, come home. Uh, you know, I, I'm just I, just kudos to Stacy. Uh, congrats to him. Again, I, we don't care about Georgia, but I do care about Stacy because he was a friend when we were all in Auburn together. So just wanted to give you a little shout-out for him and uh, – that's about all I got, guys. I, I didn't have anything to say today. I was w- listening to the show and kind of just rolling down the highway, and then Anthony called, and like Brant, kind of got my blood pressure moving a little bit. So uh, I thought I'd call in and, and settle Brant down, settle me down, <laughs> and just let the whole world, you know, let Anthony know that we we really don't care about your opinion. Uh, you know, when 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 decisions get made, if somebody needs you, you know, I think we'll call you, but don't sit by the phone, okay? <laughs> Group therapy, we love it. <laughs> there you go. Hey, guys, y'all have a great afternoon, great show today. Keep up the good work, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you, we appreciate it. That's Coach from Kathleen joining us on the program. We like that guy.
as uh, <laughs> yeah, we, we echo a lot of what uh, he had to say. Good phone calls there. Anthony, Matt, Coach, joining us on the program. 334-887-3401. That's how you can join Auburn's first in Auburn's favorite sports talk show. We need to take a commercial break. We're back in a moment. Jay Jackson and the guys want to hear from you. Give them a call to join Sports Call at 334-887-3401. I'm Corey Grant, former Auburn football and NFL running back, and you are listening to Sports Call on Tiger Final few moments left here on Sports Call today. J.J. Jackson inside the studio with Brant Daughtry and Javon Cutler. Very busy day on the program. A lot of phone calls uh, coming up here in less than 10 minutes on our sister station, FM Talk 93.9. We will have Auburn baseball taking on Alabama State. And then, guys, this is another situation where we're actually going to go off the air a little bit earlier, well before the 6 o'clock hour, because, look, when we uh, get caught up in all these phone calls... We kind of have a hard time paying the bills. <laughs> right. And right. so then we get uh, kind of backloaded with how that takes place. So, uh, as we uh, sort of wrap things up, we've had a lot of fun today. A lot of different things have been discussed on yeah. the program. Yeah, we really have. It's been a, a lot of, we had a lot of guests. We talked about the big news of the day, which is the, the baseball lockout that right. is officially going to happen. And, um, had a lot of calls. Had a lot so of calls, calls in this in this five o'clock hour, and it's been fun though. It's been fun though. I mean, sports call. You that's know? what that's what we like. <laughs> that's what we like. We like the calls. That's what we uh we go for there. All right, so I want to do this. I want to go and, and Javon, if you can, kind of get us in this direction. I want to be sure we shout out our February monthly predictions. So I don't want to really Ooh, jump into uh, jump into March <laughs> just yet. Don't have time to kind of lay those out, but you can see those, of course, on our website. But we got to give some love to folks who had a great month of February. So let's do this. Are you looking for a sure bet at what's going to happen this month? Well, then don't listen to these guys. It's Sports Call's Monthly Predictions. February monthly predictions have come and gone. Who won the month of February, Javon? Please, please, please let us know who's walking away with the title of a February Well, JJ and the rest of everybody, had a tie for first for February monthly predictions, and the tie for first goes to Bill Bailey and Tom Peavy, All who right. each had three points. The old guys. The old guys tie for first. Bill and Tom had three points in the month of February. All right, continue on. Go throughout the rest of the standings there. All right, tied for third were myself and Austin Scott. We both had two points apiece. Okay. Tied for fifth. Got a four-way tie for fifth as Brooks Childress, Brant Daughtry, J.J. Jackson, and Ryan Lavoy each had one point. Yeah. All right. And unfortunately, our good friend Cam Berry 
had a goose egg, zero wah, points. Wah, wah. So no points there for were, Cam. There were some tough questions. There this, were. This yeah. I will admit that. Yeah. Go over some of our questions that we had in February, Javon. Yeah, let's do it. For Let's start with the first one. For okay. instance, that baffled everybody, I think. Who will win the Daytona 500? All of us had, you know, Denny Hamlins, those type of guys. Chase Elliott, Chase Kyle Larson's the champions over years past. But Austin Sendrick decided the to, rookie. you know, I was about, I was win about to it. say, he's a, he's a rookie, isn't yeah. he? Yep. I was like, I've never heard of this guy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Winning the Daytona 500. So nobody got that right. Nope. All right. Nobody got that one right. Um, another question we had in the world of Auburn sports, how many total points Jabari Smith will have in the, or will score in the month of February? Jabari had 154 total points, so Bill Bailey guessed the closest total on that one. So He got the point for that. Yep, so 154 for Jabari. Bill Bailey gets that point. Auburn women's basketball, what will be the most points Aisha Koulibaly will score in the month of February? Her game high was 24 points, so that means that Ryan, Tom, and Austin got that point. Okay. So Koulibaly got 24 points. One that you got, JJ, or the only one you got was the – which player will score the first touchdown in Super Bowl 56? And that was none other than Odell Beckham My boy Jr. Odell. Yeah, Got I felt pretty good about that one. Looking in. back at that one, I think I think I said Cooper Cup, and I don't know why I should have gone with Odell. Looking back, I... Cooper still scored. He did, It yeah. just he wasn't did. the first touchdown of the game. Yeah. It was close. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and another one that's real. this one was really tough. Um, how many three-pointers will Wendell Green Jr. make in February? And in all caps, it says musket exact answer correct right Wendell had 12 three-pointers in the month nobody got that one uh, correct so that was a tough one because it had to be on the money right as far as that one so, right yeah Wendell had 12 three-pointers and he kind of struggled down the stretch Big for the time Tigers, a little bit, so a that little number bit. went down from what I think a lot of people were expecting out of him another one is how many total points will be scored in Super Bowl 56 between the Bengals and the Rams 43 total points as the score was 23 to 20 in favor of the Rams and Tom Peavy had the closest guess. I believe Tom had 44 points. So Tom was almost exactly on the mark with that one. Another one, this one I got right, was how many total yards or how many yards will the longest touchdown of Super Bowl 56 be? And the longest touchdown was 75 yards, the one to T. Higgins in the beginning stages of the third quarter. And got that one, I believe I said 70 yards. Which so. I was glad, you know, <laughs> because like we did that, we did the history. Yeah, all of them were pretty short. Of the past five Super Bowls and like the longest touchdown of the last five Super Bowls was 28 yards or something like mm. that. And so we actually had a 75 yarder that took place in the there, Super there Bowl. There was a very so. explosive play in which there was very obvious pass interference that <laughs> yeah. <I> missed. So, <laughs> yeah. I shrug. I mean. <laughs> But the touchdown counted, counted, and so Javon got the point. Very good. Very good. And speaking of Super Bowl, let's knock out this one as well. According to the game clock, how long will it take for the first scoring play of Super Bowl 56? took eight minutes and 38 seconds for this first scoring play to occur, and Brant, you got that one right. Yeah. So that's the one you got right for the month. I believe I guessed eight minutes. Yep, eight minutes. So you were the closest one on that one. NBA, the last two questions we had for – February predictions, the NBA. Uh, this one, absolutely nobody got this one correct. I don't blame anybody. But who will win the 2022 Mountain Dew NBA three-point contest? And Carl Anthony Towns won the contest a over... A big man. A big man won it over Trey Young yeah. and Luke Kennard, who finished in tied for second. And but, we had some yep. people that guessed Trey Young yep. and Luke Kennard, yep. but it was a cat, Carl Anthony who Towns. Who would have thought? First, first ever center to win the three-point contest. Yep. Congrats Proving to uh, Carl Anthony shoot. Towns. And last but not least, for the 2022 AT&T Slam Dunk Contest, which was a snooze fest, 
<laughs> Ob- Obi Toppin won, which means Bill, Brooks, myself, Tom Peavy, and Austin Scott got this one correct. I know we had a lot of, or we had some Jalen Green answers and a Cole Anthony answer as well. So it was not the best slam duck contest by any means necessary, but Obi Toppin won and five of us got the point. All right. Well, congrats to Bill Bailey and Tom Peavy for winning our February monthly prediction. So who has the total lead on the year so far, Javon, through two months? Through two months. Our good friend Austin Scott. All right. Seven points. Like Austin he was is pretty terrible goal. last year. But, he was, uh, but he's coming back with a vengeance. He's coming back with a vengeance. Man. He's coming back with a vengeance. Thanks for that. All right. We got uh, about 90 seconds left in the show. Let's do a nightly TV guide. Our show is about to end, but we've got you covered on entertainment for the evening. Here's Sports Call's nightly TV guide. Our nightly TV guide is brought to you by our friends over at Coca-Cola. Stop by your local TK's convenience store and check out all the awesome Coke products available. I've been on a big vanilla Coke kick, so check out uh, all the Coke, Coke products there. What's on TV, Brant? What's on TV? Well, tonight, give you a movie pick first at 7 p.m. on FX. Deadpool, Ryan Reynolds. Yes. Uh, his best role by far. I like it. Uh, very funny movie. I've check seen that, that out. one. Have you? Which is rare, but that yes. Is, that is rare. <laughs> I do see superhero movies from time to time. Deadpool's yeah. great. Check it out. A lot of college basketball action. You got Ole Miss at number seven, Kentucky, West Virginia at Oklahoma, and Missouri at South Carolina. All of those games start at six, and they are on some variation of ESPN. Fair. So <laughs> Check out of- <laughs> ESPN at six, and you've got some college basketball games. Yes, yes, yes. Starting in about 15 minutes. And what I'm going to have is my on my television tonight an NBA action. Atlanta travels to Boston to face the Celtics. Hawks versus Celtics. Fun little rivalry there if you believe in such a thing in professional sports. That tips off at 6.30 on TNT. Okay, you're going to be watching that, oh, I'm sure. Oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah. How are you feeling? feel pretty good, I'd say. I mean, the Hawks know that they're in desperation mode right now. I yep. believe they move up to ninth in the Eastern Conference standings. I don't think they're going to make a top six seed this year, but if they can move up to seven and get that kind of comfortable spot where you have to win just one game and you're in, I think that's a great spot that for That game them. is in Boston? Yeah, okay. in Boston. Yes. Awesome. Check it out tonight. That's our nightly TV guide brought to you by our friends over at Coca-Cola. Javon and Brant, you guys were great. We'll see you later in the week, okay? Yep, see you later. See you later. Uh, that does it for today's show. Thank you so much for listening and tuning in to Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. Thank you again to Jake Crane, Justin Ferguson, and Andy Burcham for joining us on the program today. For my good friends, Javon Cutler and Brant Daughtry, my name is JJ Jackson saying thank you and good day. Good day.